abandoned, not so abandoned? PS Plus or PS Plus Plus or PS Plus Plus Plus? Your choice. You add a little English on the ball spin. But hey, guess what, guys? Welcome to Triangle Square, the PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me here is Mr. Chris. Figs? Figs, sure. (laughs) You left it open for me to finish it. I'm like, okay. I did. As you may notice, there is a a hole in my heart. No, there's a hole that's not going to be on screen if you're doing that, but there's a hole in your ear if you're listening because Saul's not here this week. Um we originally had to delay the episode for pretty much everyone had a reason, uh, and we weren't going to be able to get back together really in any real way until back this weekend. Uh, so Chris and I knew that we could do it today, so we went ahead and figured out a way to do it today. So Saul will be back next week, and uh, the show will be complete yet again. But this is the reason why it's good that we have three hosts, because we can still do an episode even if one person can't. Hell yeah. But... If you are new to the show, first of all, welcome. I uh, hope you are ready to join us on our discussion of all things PlayStation and anything related to PlayStation. Um, gaming at large through the lens of being PlayStation fans. I think that's a fair way to put it. What would you say, Chris? Yeah, that's, that seems yeah. right. All right. Uh, stick around. Figure out where you can support the show if you would like to after you get an idea of whether or not you want to keep coming back for more. But we like to start this show off in a time-honored way, and that is a big update for everyone, including myself and Chris with each other, to get an idea of what we've been playing. So, Chris, since you were the only one opposite of me this week, I'm going to go ahead and let you nail down what have you been playing this week. So nice of you. Um, Let's see. I've been playing GTA V. Almost done with that. A little. I'm farther in Elden Ring. I've finally beaten... The horseman. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Are you talking about the dude as soon as you come out of the crypt? I don't think so. No. Okay. I'm, about to say, I'm, I'm very far in this game <laughs> compared to where my, you are. So. My, uh, that's why I was confused. I was like, is he meant to be this late in the game? No, uh, I'm trying not yeah, to spoil you know, my Elden Ring is still My Elden Ring knowledge is still roughly five hours worth. Yeah. No, I'm fighting. Uh, I just beat General Radon. Ooh. Which people should people will know if they've been online and talking about Elden Ring. Uh, it was surprisingly easy, I think, because it's funny, they inadvertently nerfed him and then patched him back to pre-nerf, and I beat him in that in-between of nerf and patched back, so I beat him <laughs> with a nerf. And then yeah, the next day I did see that it. article. So... <laughs> so I think yeah, I got Accidental lucky. nerfs is a really interesting way for things to end up happening. Mm-hmm. I saw that and I was like, you know, every time I feel like what's weird is that every time that's going on, people are normally like, yes, this roadblock that I'm at, please let me yeah. get through. Even though, I mean, you've still played more. So do you feel like the statement is more true than usual for Souls games or just literally open-endedly true that if you hit a roadblock, you can essentially go off and do something else? Uh, and the reason yes, I ask no. that is because like most Souls games – you can kind of do that because there's optional bosses. And if Mm. one of your roadblocks is at an optional boss, you can just go out and find either another optional boss or the actual boss that you need to progress in the story. But I think the difference with Elden Ring is that there's this feeling, whether it's true or not, that if you get stuck at one boss, you can just go to another one. But I assume at some point, bosses become required to actually Mm. continue the story forward. 
Yeah, I mean, Radon was a, a required boss. That's why I originally okay. tried not to spoil it. And I'm like, eh, Horseman's not very specific for Elden Ring. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's hard because in the beginning of the game, I think you can definitely do that. I think you can look at a boss and be like, I'm not good enough for this. Because that's what I did with Margit. I don't know if you've seen that boss fight yet. Um, Is that how you pronounce that? I'm not even joking. I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I couldn't I'm, tell you. <laughs> Margit, like Margit, M A R G H E T, or something like that. Yeah, Margit Robbie, the boss in Elden Ring. <laughs> um, it makes me think of like when you see Marguerite Pizza or like whatever. And it's yeah. like, what does that even mean? But continue. Um, that's how I did Mar- Margit or whatever it is. <clears throat> I went and fought him a couple times, didn't beat it, and I went into the open world and did whatever. But I'm at the point in Elden Ring. Where I, I don't know. I'm at the point in Elden Ring where I don't like the way it's structured because I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But it, I don't think it's a bad thing. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense. Like, I, yeah. I'm at a point where I've been... I think that my last 15 hours I've been aimlessly wandering around. And I don't know if I like that very much. But I will say I have found something to do at every point. Like an optional dungeon or a fight I hadn't seen or a boss I couldn't... I, I hadn't seen... Um, so you feel like you still have a sense of progression, even if it's not, or, or do you not? That that's kind of the curiosity, right? Do you feel like you're finding something to do, but it's not necessarily fulfilling your your want for progression in a more tangible sense, or do you find that to be fulfilling that idea of progression in a game? Because you know, yeah. one of the things for me is like progression matters to a degree in the sense of even when a game starts to hit a lull, if you feel like you're progressing either gameplay-wise or story-wise or something, it can pull you when something else may not be pulling you. Now, I know story is not seldom ever the actual main pull for these games. I don't so, care about it at all. <laughs> yeah. I've skipped so, every cutscene. Don't care. Are optional um, bosses enough of a sense of progression and fulfillment, or did you kind of feel like, I'm still wanting to get back to where I know I'm supposed to be? Well, I think the problem that I'm running into now is that I'm over-leveled for everything I'm doing in the area I'm in. Um, like, I'm level 85 and I just beat Radon, which seems light. So every boss I would find when I was just kind of wandering, it was not even a challenge. Yeah. So, I don't See, know, I wondered with everything being open, I didn't know if they were going to go the Skyrim route of scaling enemies to a degree. No. Or if enemies... Are essentially what they are. Like you're just going to run into them, and they're going to be the same as they've been the whole way. Um, which is weird because like it, it creates that thing where the way Skyrim does it, all enemies keep a general level of challenge, but also this weird feeling that you're not actually getting stronger because everything is continuing to scale up with you. Mm-hmm. But it's staying challenging ish, whereas. In these games, to some degree, if you get so big, you can just be like, now these areas I used to be scared of, I can just one-hit everything. Um, well, mm. I don't think it scales with you. Because there's some I doubt bosses it did, but I was where curious. it was like two swings and they were done. And like <clears throat> My character is well-built. It's a good character. It's not that good. You know, if it was a regular <laughs> boss. This isn't like one of those meme, meme characters you see online. It's like, oh, I've two shot of the boss with my four big axes or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I just think in the quest of being non, non direct and letting the player explore, 
it's made the game slightly worse for me because I don't necessarily have a direction to go in. I don't know. Well, that that seemed evident to me from looking at people talk about the game and seeing how wildly different people's hours were to completion. Mm-hmm. Like one dude was like 60 hours and I've beaten Elden Ring. And then another guy was like 120 hours and I've beaten Elden Ring. And I thought that's a huge difference. Yeah. <laughs> that is a very, at, very big difference. I'm at 62 hours and I haven't, I don't, I don't even think I'm close to beating Elden Ring. Ooh, yeah. But you and know, I don't mind. I like the game. It's a great game. Yeah. I feel but. like there was another game lately where, oh, Death Stranding. Yes. Where, <laughs> where you just played so much. Doing everything but the main mission. <laughs> yeah, but that was the thing with Death Stranding. I chose to do that, and I did not choose to do that in Elden Ring. I was forced to do that because I didn't know where I was supposed to go. I don't Fair know enough. if that's the same in my mind. All right, so just Elden Ring. Um, there's GTA some, some and then a lot of MLB The Show 22. It's my time yeah. of the year. But I'm I heard you say that as opposed to. Last year's entry, if I remember, mm-hmm. last year's entry was the one you got the platinum in, right? I have the platinum in 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Okay, never mind. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I heard you say that in this, and that might be what you were about to bring up, is that feeling yes. that the trophy list is like significantly easier? Oh, it's not a feeling. The trophy list is significantly easier. Like I, We could record the show. I could probably get the platinum in the time it takes to record this show. It's... Like from a fresh save? Yeah. Uh, It's crazy. Yeah. That's so weird because I feel like most sports games have like some of the most unobtainable platinums. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like some of the, you, I think you you remember last year when I was like grinding MLB to get the platinum. It was was it Road to uh, Diamond Dynasty? Diamond Dynasty. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Because you had to hit level 101 of like the online, like your. Total, which is total XP for everything, but this year I think the hardest trophy is get it inside the park home run. <laughs> like, seriously? Like, yeah, that's I've, a big difference. I've had it for like two days. I'm at 38% and I haven't been trying. Like, if I wanted to knock it out, I would. I could have done it already. Like, one of the only sports trophies that are platinums that I have is FIFA 15 for Vita. <laughs> Such a weird one. <laughs> I had a great time earning every bit of it. Oh, um, I believe it. It was challenging and it was fun, but it, I didn't have to worry about the dumb online trophies. I always feel like those games to me, I'm like, why are you even weighing me down with online trophies? Just make a game that's challenging to get the stuff in, but still fun where I don't have to worry about connecting with other people. But that's just because I don't like this idea that essentially, and, and I hate it about so many games, that Platinums can essentially be phased out because of something shutting down or server shutting down or mm-hmm. in the in the case of like you with resistance burning skies the servers aren't even down i don't think nope but you can't even get the platinum because no one plays that game exactly <laughs> so you I've have tried. to like you have to find someone to jump on there and boost with you to get it and that creates a weird problem because like at when they do shut the servers down you're just absolutely not going to be able to get the platinum right mm-hmm. now you can't get the platinum without like recruiting someone to do something and i don't like the idea of games that are not inherently 100 percent online having platinums that can essentially be phased out by way of that and i've always been curious of like how do you 
fix that problem. Like if you know you're shutting servers off for a game, do you patch the game with nothing more than an auto pop for triggers of those trophies? Is that then unfair to the people that got them? Do you delete the trophies to keep the platinum attainable? And then the people who have them just have like an extra percentage, like 130%. How do you hmm. try and reconcile this? Or do you just have it to be a, which I hate, but the idea of it was a time and place thing. Like if you weren't around at the time to get the platinum, you're just, you can't. I don't like you know. love I, you love trophies. So what is yeah. what is your fix to that solution? Or do you do, I wouldn't do you not think it. there has to be one? No, time and place. Oh, no, I, I guess I, I guess even, in your sense of good, but well, I I can't even see the argument against that because I don't think it's it's going to sound really dumb, but I don't think it's remotely fair to be like, oh, you played one minute of uh, bad company, bad bad company two, so you get all the online trophies. That I remember grind or spending ten hours of my life boosting those trophies. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah, which comes you down to do the, it. Yeah, I, I agree in the sense that it comes down to anything that you do in that regard weakens the what would you even call it? the value the mm-hmm. the the imaginary value that you ascribe to this thing for the platinum because. You can look at it, and it's like your argument with the Nier Automata, where you can look at the Platinum, and you aren't really sure if like someone did all the work yeah, or just went the lazy way out. Like, Nier Automata <clears> doesn't <throat> count as a Platinum trophy, in my head. doesn't matter if you did it legit. It doesn't count. That's how yeah. I look at it. Now, what about... And this is why sometimes I wish games would have, like, bot systems that could essentially fulfill the goal, to where it's like, you can set up an online match... Mm-hmm. And you can just put bots in and then you can do all the online trophies, but you essentially make them available in an offline form or you have to grind just as much or whatever, but you have an end game fix for it. And it's not going to work with literally every game, but I feel like sometimes games could solve that in a way to where it's, you don't have to weaken the value of the trophy necessarily. I, <clears throat> I think that if you're trying to platinum a game whose servers servers have been shut down and you're upset that you can't get the trophies, I don't think that's a viable argument. I just don't. It's like it obviously depends on the game. Like Jump Force died like two years after it came out. That's a lot. But if you're sitting here and you're like, I wish I could get the mag platinum. Like, sorry, dude. <laughs> like, well, Mag's so an inherently it. online game, right? That's why I think that okay. game would... If but you I get your to get point. The... Like, if you say, I want to get the Resistance 1 Platinum, but there's a online trophy in right. regard to it. You should have yeah. played it, you know? And just yeah. and I think, to the same token, I think if I went and got Killzone 2 today, it wouldn't count. In in my head, in the weird metagame, I wouldn't consider it as impressive as a, of a Platinum as someone who got it back then. Because right now you could probably get the Killzone Two Platinum. That hard trophy was like be one percent of the leaderboard. You know, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now I could probably get that with one match, right? Like assuming it still works. So I'm pretty sure Killzone Two servers are down. Either way, like. But yeah, I get your point. It if so it far, were, if they were up, yeah, the leaderboard so I, is so down by right. Yeah, by relation to player base. Yeah, if no one's playing, you're going to get that trophy. So to me, it's just a matter of like, yeah, that's how it works. You know, I don't love the idea of online trophies, but I don't think that if I don't think online trophies in games should be fixed. I think if you want a game with online trophies, you should probably check that before you buy the game. Well, I'll, I'll agree with you in the sense of 
I don't know that there's an, a clean, easy, and all the way across the board way that makes sense to retroactively fix online-only trophies. But I guess what I really am hoping to accomplish by bringing this up with anybody is to kind of, not like it's going to get into the right ears or anything, but my thing would be I would hope that people would think about that more when designing trophies for games moving forward. But the reality I, of that is is that games are even more online now as a basis of what they are than they were back then for the trophies that we're using as examples of old trophies with dead servers. Um, I don't know. So it's, I, you know. To me, this feels like a situation where you, you just... I, I don't know, because I'm actively disappointed that there's not more Diamond Dynasty trophies in MLB 22. Like that, that actually is annoying. So Are you I would, for this year, yeah. yeah. Like I want that. Like I like if you're going into some certain types of games, like MLB. Yeah, it's not inherently online, but I don't think anyone is buying MLB to not play Diamond Dynasty. There's definitely people who are like, yeah, I'm the road to the show guy. But yeah, I about to say, Diamond I Dynasty my buddy Andrew, is the point. My buddy Andrew does not do Diamond Dynasty at all. Never has, and he buys every year. <laughs> well, that's the point. The game is built around Diamond Dynasty. Whether you want to play it or not, that's not the same. It is built around it. So, I don't know. I don't think. I think that's just the whole thing. If you you're going for those those platinums, if I wanted an old MLB platinum that had Diamond Dynasty, couldn't get it. I should have done it that year. That's just how I see. Diamond Dynasty is the microtransaction focused one with cards, right? Yeah. Or is that a different thing? Okay, that's what I thought. No, it is. Okay. See, I guess, if, again, for me, it would just be moving forward. You can still have that trophy in there, but have a way to deal with that to where if you update the game and there's no longer a server, just put packs in there and then have it to where you still have RNG for the packs and you can go through and, and yeah, go through it. Not, that would be The packs my, don't have anything to do with the trophies usually. <laughs> it was like hit this rank in Diamond Dynasty, get this many hits in Diamond Dynasty against other players. You know? Yeah. The point is to encourage the online for that stuff. That's I'll give you that. We were talking about the other rare. day, right? Of um, we were, I think we were playing. Uh, well, you played some Tiny Tinas. I uh, did play the some last Tiny week Tinas with me, and we were talking about like I think one of the things is I was talking about games that, and and this is an argument against myself in that sense to a degree. But if you're going to focus on putting something in the game, right? Mm-hmm. But then have zero motivation to make someone go out of their way to do it. Trophies can be a means to that end. If someone likes trophies, like a good example is the, I've already talked about this a few times, but the, whatever they're called in um, Horizon Forbidden West, where you get, I don't even really know how to use them because I literally didn't use them. (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) Um, But essentially you can unlock them by completing a diamond around them in the um, skill tree. And then it's like a valor surge. That's what they're called. I literally never used one the entire game. I don't even know what they do. The game never encouraged me to do it. It never gave me a, a situation where I had to use it. It never had enemies that had like shields where it was like, you can only break through this shield if you charge up your Valor Surge and and, and do it. Like The game never tried to make me use it at all. And that ended up being like a why'd you waste development time on a, on a me- mechanic that most people go through the whole game and never really learn about or worry about because it's not forced to be used anywhere and i guess you get the answer of it's an option in the game 
But at the same time, it's like it is nice if you can find a way to motivate someone to do it. So if you're going to build an online thing, you can motivate someone to play the online and have this interconnectivity by giving them trophies towards it. Most people don't care about trophies. So that's a pretty niche. Uh, you know, if we're ever really talking about the grand scheme of players, it's yeah. a niche way to do it, but it's still a way to do it. The players who care will understand what I mean when I say I got the Watchdogs Platinum before the patch. <laughs> I, I remember you saying this. And my Watchdogs Platinum it means nothing is to more me. valuable than everyone else's. I am Watchdogs Legion, right? Nope. Watchdogs Original? One. Yep. Okay. They had a yeah, trophy where you have to do that five finger with a knife. You know what I'm talking about? That kind of oh, game. Oh, yeah. And it got very hard. And it took me about 10 hours of my time to get that one trophy. But I have that trophy at that time. So... I win. In, in that moment, are you glad the trophies show the date that you earned them? Yes. If they yeah. didn't, would you be a little disappointed? No. But I you mean, know now deep I, in your heart of hearts. Now I can. <laughs> I mean, if they didn't show it, I could devalue everyone's near automata platinum. That's true. Well, not really. Yeah. Oh yeah, you could because you can look and see how trophies were popped. Exactly. Yeah. yeah like if you try, if you popped this trophy before this trophy, you bought that trophy. Yeah. Probably. I don't actually know the trophies of that game well enough anymore, but you're probably right. Why? Did you buy them all, Brett? Did you buy them all? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cool. One less platinum <laughs> trophy for Brett. 118. I really didn't, but yeah. I know you didn't. I did. I bought some of them and I was like, cool, this sucks. And I deleted the game. <laughs> <laughs> I could get that platinum. I'm at 80%. I'm like, no, I uh, won't do it. I know you are. Speaking of platinums that you're at 80% of, or that someone's at 80%, and I'm at 82% in Gran Turismo 7, and it's eating me alive. You, you ever Did you watch Dragon Ball growing up, Dragon Ball Z? No. Okay. I don't watch There's anime. I read it. You loser. <laughs> I love that the whole reason that you read it is so people won't call you a loser for not doing subs, so I'm just going to call <laughs> you a loser for reading it. <laughs> Make That's you feel fun. unappreciated across the board. Um <laughs> No, there's a scene in Dragon Ball Z where the initial form of Cell shows up and he's like walking around the town and like his tail is like stinging people and then like mm -hmm. sucking their insides and power and energy and stuff out. And like you see their body like just kind of start going real frail until it like shrivels up into nothingness. Yeah. And that's what I feel like Gran Turismo 7 is doing <laughs> to me. <laughs> I'm so close, but I'm so far. Yeah, <laughs> you got a long way to go, but. I most of it's money. Most of it's yeah. money related. Well, Brett, I would imagine that by the end of this week, I'll have the fifty sport races done and mm -hmm. the Autobahn eight thousand miles travel together done. <laughs> but so then I still got to buy three legendary cars or le you know whatever uh, legacy cars that are that would have been used to win the twenty four hour Nurburgring or twenty four hour Le Mans. That's the trophy. Mm -hmm. And that's like three cars that are each like anywhere from seven million to like twelve million each. Yeah. Well, Brett. And let, right let now me, I'm at four million. <laughs> yeah. I have a friend who wants to pitch something to you, okay? Oh, okay, yes. Hi, my name is Jim Ryan. Have you ever heard of microtransactions? <laughs> <laughs> Why no, I haven't. <laughs> well, for four thousand dollars, you could just buy those cars <laughs> so someone worked out the math and yeah. 
if you were to be about as efficient as you could, so an average mm-hmm. efficiency for most players, and you were to prorate the time it took you to earn the same amount of money that you could buy, yeah, Gran Turismo considers your hour worth of hard work to be worth six dollars. <laughs> Uh, how long? So, uh, what what's your breaking point going to be? Are you going to know. be one trophy <laughs> off, or are you just going to spend like forty bucks and buy the coin? Here's the problem. Here's the problem. I yeah. don't. I don't foresee the trophy of of needing money to be the problem. My hope, and it might be naive at the time, my hope is that they're what they talked about last time is that they're working on rebalancing everything and they're roughly going to increase all rewards in the latter half of the world circuits by 100%. So everything would be doubled, which would be mm-hmm. a, a godsend. Still not quite enough <laughs> to to keep me from my sanity right now because I, I'm doing it to myself. I'm 100% aware. I'm playing this game like a obsessed maniac and i shouldn't be that's my problem and i'm aware of that (laughs) um it's just the way i am with games it's like my my mind Mm -hmm. is like i can platinum this i actually think the trophy that will get me is all gold on all uh license i'm fully licensed and after um, i've got all gold up to the last so uh, international b license um the last one b10 i can't get gold on i'm that's the one I'm point zero zero one seconds off. Oh man! <laughs> and that I can't. I have tried to try to try to try, and I just can't. I gotta. I gotta. I've, I've backed off. I haven't tried in a few days. You'll um, do it. And then I have a, a smattering of, I, yeah, because if you pass it, you get bronze. I have a smattering of silver and gold trophies amongst bronze because I was just like, I'm at least gonna get the fully licensed trophy, mm-hmm. and then go back and you know do whatever on the other ones. Um, I think that that one will actually be my last trophy. And whether or not I can actually get it is going to be entirely based on how good I do or don't get. You know what's worse? If, if I would stop playing with the wheel and just play with the steering, with the controller, I could probably get it. Yeah, <laughs> The game is actually easier <laughs> on controller, but there's no way in hell I would be as addicted to it as I have been if I hadn't been playing on the wheel. Yeah, I got very bored of it. I liked it. It's fun, but I stopped playing it. Yeah, I think because it, it's I just not. I don't know. It's a great game though. I respect your yeah. your grind. I would. I do want to say something though, and people who, who like anime will understand. You may call me a loser for only reading the the manga but not watching the anime, <laughs> but I know the ending of Attack on Titan. And I don't care. You don't. You don't care. But someone out there cares. <laughs> someone in yeah, our Discord is going to be like. He knows. He knows what happens in the end, and I don't because I'm gonna have to wait a whole other year. <laughs> um. All right. Hold on. What's the main mm. character's name? Aaron. Aaron Yeager. Yep. Aaron Yeager. Okay. So the ending of the show, uh, based off of only what I've seen in season one. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Time travel gets introduced because all stories introduce time travel when they've written themselves in the corners. Um, see Avengers Endgame. Um. And he's going to see something in Revelation towards what the events of the ending of the show are. That's my overarching thing. Since he's the main character, he's going to Marty McFly it somehow. And time travel is going to be introduced because stories don't seem to know how to stay away from time travel. (laughs) Yeah, that was a very low effort guess. 
There's a very low effort game. <laughs> I don't know enough of the other characters to know. <laughs> it's a great. Oh, one. I know what it is. Something's mm. gonna. It's gonna be something in the relation of. It, it turns out he's met himself. It's gonna be something like that. No, and he didn't know it. No, he didn't know it. No, that's not right. And now I'm confused. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to spoil it. Move on. <laughs> I'm not a dick. I, I would like. I would like to apologize for potentially accidentally spoiling <laughs> Attack on Titan. Uh, uh, all I you really got to like do is just look at uh, look at writing tropes and uh, how popular things eventually fall prey to them. And uh, there you go. I guess that's <laughs> that's what it is. So, uh, news? Is it time for news before we ruin other people's I think, day? I think it's time for community's take. Oh, is it? yes. We do do community's now, take Now first. I'm almost really curious. When we get done with this episode, I want to ask you because <laughs> you could be hamming it up, but you also might not be. But you know what? The community's take is not Eskimo Cowboy um, Hypa Hypa. So... So what, hold on, Electric Cowboy. When did they rechange? Did they change their name? They used to be Eskimo Cowboy. Go check it out. One of the most attractive women that you will ever see is in that video. So I'm not ashamed to say that. Anyway, um, going back over into there, the episode last week, of course, was talking about uh, gaming moving more toward a subscription service landscape, and. We asked, how do you feel about gaming moving more towards subscription services from over-encompassing service, excuse me, over-encompassing services like Game Pass to per-game services like Grand Theft Auto Plus and Fallout First? Uh, do you think this move is good, bad, or neutral? And this is more or less what we talked about last week in our thoughts. Um, we have Mr. Jehudi MD, longtime listener, longtime patron. He says, I just don't like what happened to the movie slash TV side. You now have so many subs out there that it's ridiculous to sub to all because it's an expensive venture. Whether it will also affect game quality down the line or not remains to be seen. And I think that that's a good point. And there is an anti, there's an, there's an antidote to this problem, right? And Josh Shoup over on Facebook says it. So we'll kind of view these in a, in a sense. He goes, mm -hmm. I will look at this in the exact same way I look at all subscriptions. You... You can be smart about it and not subscribe to everything. The way that we go about, the, uh, about it is if we are going to watch something that's based on Hulu, we don't have Netflix or Amazon for that month. No different than the S scenario. I don't know what he actually means by that. Uh, if you get a game or two played, I think he might mean Game Pass. Uh, if you get a game or two played all the way through within one month, then I feel like it pays for itself in a lot of ways. So I don't really care personally. Uh, and that is true. There's a balance between wanting to have it all easily accessible at your fingertips without having to worry about going and changing a subscription or plan. And I think that some of this comes from the fact that subscription services try to sell themselves to you as the ultimate inconvenience. And the ultimate inconvenience is having access to all of them at once without it being <laughs> incredibly expensive. But that True. business model just can't work. <laughs> so yeah. you have to fight with the fact that in a lot of ways, subscription services can be convenient. But they can be inconvenient in the sense that they're all fighting for your dollars. And every single subscription service wants you to not be part of any of competing subscription services. That's essentially what it is. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a weird game to kind of play within the industry, but it makes sense. Um, 
Chris. Yes, sir. I'm going to throw one at you. Hit me. Um, this is Shafe Dog 247, long time patron, long time listener. He doing? says, not a fan, and I will take a hard pass. Paying for the game and for PS Plus, and then paying for an additional in game service. No thanks. The more it gets adopted and accepted, the more they will try to push on the consumer. If it's a free-to-play game, I could maybe make an exception. I point that at you because of your comment last week, if I'm not mistaken, about Apex. Mm-hmm. Sure. And how if, if Apex did it. But I feel like even if Apex wasn't free-to-play, let me break it down further. If Apex wasn't free-to-play, do you think you would have gotten into it and loved no. it? No. So you think entirely its free-to-play model is what's at least in large part due to its success? I think it's, its entire its success rollout. success is... In, and due to its, and do you remember mind. how Apex came out? I do. Random yeah. shadow drop. Exactly. That mm-hmm. was the entire reason we got into it. So we were like, "Oh, the, the new game by the Titanfall guys is out right now, and it's free. Let's go." Yeah. You know, you wouldn't have. I don't know that you would have gotten me of like, "Oh, this online only battle royale shooter by the guys who made Titanfall is sixty dollars." You might have gotten me eventually, yeah. but you wouldn't have gotten me from day one. You know, something that I often hear brought up, and I even sometimes fall prey to it, it's a very simplistic way of thinking, Mm -hmm. is this idea that subscription services are introduced as a means of a way to want to keep you consistently. And of course, that is the idea of the business model is to keep you as a, where instead of getting your money once, they get a lesser amount of your money, but every month. Yeah. And some people kind of look at this thing of, or at least I could see it. If you're looking at the idea that is it really cheating the system? Because I sound like it, it, I would feel like it's really not. If the idea is for everyone is to take the uh, the Josh Shoop route. Uh, also, Josh Shoop is uh, back to doing his podcast. So if you like conspiracy theories, go check out uh, Conspiracy Therapy. Oh, I do like conspiracy theories. Let me let me not lie to you, but I'm pretty sure that's the, yeah. Um, Hold on. This is a really bad plug for Josh here. <laughs> it is a terrible one. And I did not mean for that to be the case. It's called conspiracy therapy. Yes. Okay. I was correct. Go check it out if you like those things. They dig into a bunch of them. He's just got back into it uh, after a long break. Josh, hope you're doing well. Um, but, you know, Josh says that, you know, the, the, the hack is to kind of just float between the ones you want when you want. But do you think that that's inherently against what the businesses are really going for? I mean, are the bit. Ideally, the businesses are trying to get you to not only come, but then stay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like women. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> Just like you a minute into it. Uh, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think companies... Like, I don't know. I don't think that Netflix is upset that I'm also forgetting to cancel Hulu and Amazon. You know what I mean? Well, I shouldn't say that, right? But do you, is Netflix upset if you cancel them to go to Hulu for a month? And I shouldn't say upset, right? Probably. But Netflix's business model ideally has you there every month without fail. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the reason you know this is like if you ever call these people and be like, I'd like to cancel like instead of doing it online, they'll be like, is there anything we can do to help you stay? Can we offer you $3 off a month for the next six months? You like they'll find some free. way. <laughs> yeah. Like a good example of that is Sirius Radio. I don't know if you've ever gotten a car that had Sirius Radio. Yeah. You will be plagued by the mail forever 
yep. of Sirius and they'll hide it. It won't even say Sirius anywhere on the thing so that you'll open it. You'll be like, I don't know what this is. And you'll open it. It's like, your Sirius is, uh, is expired. You need to, here's three months for free on us <laughs> or three months for $1 each. It's like, dude, just get the hell away from me. I don't want Sirius radio. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think subscriptions are a weird thing because I don't think they ever want you to cancel. Right. So they're always like, cool. He's going to stick around and do it. Um, but I don't think the business model is for people like Josh. Business models for people like me who have a Netflix, a Hulu, and an Amazon subscription just in case. You know, well, you're the you're, they're for. What, what are they called? The white whale or whatever for like people who. Uh, yeah, the a whale. I mean, I, I don't know that I would say that I am for. I think that I, I never heard the thing until. Some people on this show had said it, but like I guess in games, uh, whales like, are people who uh, who I come am in and buy a bunch whale of whale in Apex. Like yeah. I'm absolutely an a whale in Apex. I dropped two hundred dollars at once. Like I've I've spent money on that game. Like that's who that's me. That's who they're shooting for. They're not shooting for like our buddy Sean who plays uh who we did the Destiny plat with. He mm -hmm. he spent zero dollars on Apex the whole time we played it. I think he spent money once so he'd get a battle pass. And then he's never spent another dime. Yeah. And like I always make, I made the argument I think on our show is like I pay for his apex time. You know what I mean? Like in a lot of ways. <laughs> you make up. Well, th th that's what I was about to say is I almost wonder if really the subscription model is trying to go towards looking at the more extreme side of people who will just keep them all for the sheer convenience of it and no. then benefit themselves out. Because realistically, right, if you look at it, let's just say that you sub to Netflix. Uh, I think games are a little bit easier. Let's say that you sub to Game Pass four times a year, four months. Right, sure. $15 a month, you do you do Game Pass Ultimate. At what point was it not just better for them for you to have bought... Or it's at least equal, right? If you bought one full-price $60 game that year, it's no different than you offering than you giving them four months of Game Pass subscription time. At the end of the day... The, well, the profit may be different because of the breakdown, but you spent the same amount of money and you weren't really any better of a cus of customer for it. So if you did that with everything, like right, say Nintendo created a, something that was $15 a month, PlayStation has one that's a little over 15 and then you have uh, Game Pass at 15 a month. At what point, if you just rotate between those three, are you essentially buying one game per platform and they're making less money off of you you know what I mean, per year than they were prior to the subscription service. So you're like the what they don't want. And then what they do want is the guy who's like, I'm going to keep all of them all year round. And I think you see that more, and we'll talk about that a little bit, but I think you've always seen that a little more from Sony. From like, We want to offer you a yearly reduced price because if you'll pay us more but get it for the whole year, then it's better for us than if you pay for one month or two months. If we can incentivize you to just go ahead and get the year, you'll be more incentivized to potentially keep it for longer and longer and longer. We'll make more money off of you. What do you think? Uh, I think it's the, I think it's just trying to keep you there. The reason GTA online is $6 is, I don't know. It's because it's, you're not going to think about it. You're like, you'll be someone like me. Who's like, hmm. like I haven't, I haven't bought GTA plus for the record, but I've looked at it and been like, I could use 500 grand. I might as well spend this $6. And then they like, yeah, he, okay, he spent that $6 and he's going to forget. It's the same reason I still have PS now is because it's... Does that it feel was, predatory to you? No. Fair enough. Because you can leave at any time. Exactly. You just forget. 
and that's on you. It's the same reason that I was just about to say, like I keep playing for like Comicsology Unlimited because it's six thirty seven and it hits my account and I'm like, I don't even know what that six dollars is and it's six dollars. I'm not going to find out. And the only reason I found out is because I just got charged for it and it happens to be in my recent shipped items for some reason. Like <laughs> I don't I don't think it's predatory to look at me and be like, that dude is just too lazy. And for me to look at you and be like, that's true. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we're going to knock a few more out here. We have Joey McPherson, longtime listener as well. Joey, hope you're doing well, buddy. He says, I honestly feel like it could ruin gaming overall. There's a slight chance where things could work out where the only subscriptions would be to the big three systems and not a subscription to GTA or other individual games. But if they got to work together and they were only subscriptions to the big three, even it would be better than what seems to be happening now. But then you have also have... Uh, to look at buying season passes to like Destiny or any other live service game. There are way too many subscriptions currently, and it seems to be getting worse. Um, you know, I think battle passes are weird because I guess you could call them like a precursor to the idea of subscription, right? Hey, we're going to have a battle pass, and our idea is to have everyone consistently buy every battle pass. But it's not necessarily a recurring thing. It doesn't automatically charge you for the next battle pass. Uh, though I would imagine that most game subscriptions that start doing this will be like, Hey, as part of the subscription fee, you'll get the battle pass every season for free. Mm-hmm. Um, like if apex did it, right. I'm sure that would be their thing. $6 a yeah. month. You get every battle pass plus extra goodies. I would be in as hell. In as hell. <laughs> like, great. This is less money than I was spending. <laughs> a thousand apex coins a month. <laughs> battle pass for free every three months. That's all you need to do. Give me like a custom cosmetic. I would you'd be how you'd have me in. And I wouldn't even. I would thank you for taking my money. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of Blake Popes writes in. Ooh. He says, "I think it can get very bad, but right now it's not really. Both of those games are completely playable without 500k and Grand Theft Auto Online is nothing. And if there's a game you play every day, it can be good to get some extra goodies or whatever. That said, once it starts becoming necessary to even play the games." Yikes. And I think that that's a good middling point of view here is that most of these subscription services are not like the age old MMO subscription services to where after a certain point you have to just pay to keep on playing. Um, man, I could only imagine if GTA plus said uh, GTA online is free only up to a certain point, which I don't know how you would break that down. Cause I don't know if Grand Theft Auto online has levels, but you know, if they World of Warcrafted it and said free to level 20 and then you have to pay for everything afterwards, that would be a bold move. I don't think it would but be a I, bad move. I, I think most people would do it is what's crazy. Yeah, that game just, doesn't go on to sell 100 and whatever, 50 million copies <laughs> and people aren't like, yeah, I'll go ahead. <laughs> right, exactly. At some point, which is it's worrisome because it sets a precedent. But I, I don't get, know. Maybe I'm in this position where I don't, I think that I don't think companies are often in a position where they want to make bad moves. I think that they look at games where they can do these things and where people would mostly be receptive to it and do it there and then still diversify their income by having games that follow the more traditional mold. And I think part of the reason that you kind of see that is because a few times where companies have gone a little too in, it's kind of bit them in the ass. A good example of that's Ubisoft. They were like, all of our games are going to be live service now. And it's like not even a year after they said that, they almost immediately were like, yeah, we're not actually doing that across the board. <laughs> it makes more sense to diversify and have income streams everywhere. So that if something fails, 
Like if someone if, if someone's like suddenly I don't like Ubisoft's live service games, if Ubisoft doesn't have anything outside of that, they've lost that customer full stop. But if they go, yeah, 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 we have all that, yeah, okay, but then we have Splinter Cell, and Splinter mm. Cell is just a sixty dollar single player game, which maybe it won't be, but it's a good example of you know you could essentially keep. Uh, you, you have a diversified thing, so people who don't like the one business model can still find a way to support you elsewhere. Um, anything that you would like to add to that? Um, I think the one thing I would I would say to maybe calm some people down is I don't think this is ever going to get to the apocalypse scenario of you can't play this game without a subscription because you have to like the game to be willing to pay a subscription. That's true. So if nothing else, it'll always be the free until level 20. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I don't know. I don't think like people laugh at GTA Plus, but it's like they wouldn't even have thought of this if they didn't think people would buy it because they love the game that they're playing. You have to yeah. establish a sense of liking the game before you can be like, yeah, also here's a $20 a month subscription service. Well, yeah, and there's psychology to it, right? I think it, I agree in the sense that even like, you can look at this and say, does that mean Grand Theft Auto 6 and its online feature suite or whatever will require you to pay to be part of it? I would Maybe. think not. And the reason being is that if you, if you make it something optional that feels like a good enough deal to most people to where if you don't have any interest in it at all, you can play the game without ever spending a dime. Mm-hmm. Um, then you also have the viewpoint of, I like this game. I would like the benefit of getting 5 million GTA coins or whatever it be um, every month for cheaper than if I had to buy them every month. And it's like a psychology thing where businesses are looking at customers who already play pretty often. And then they're thinking, what's a way that we can create a weird incentive in their brain to make them want to keep playing. And then when someone p- spends money on something, it creates a, it reinforces a habit. It's like, Oh, I'm spending money on this. I need to have this be something I'm playing often enough to get that. And so it's a way to kind of reward people who are already playing a lot and finding a way to strengthen that so that they play even more. And hopefully they can pass that on to one of their friends and get one of their friends into the mix and the, the cycle continues. But the optional still makes more sense because if they're making enough money off of people just buying the game, why would they, you know, they, they don't want to lock everyone. They want, they don't want to make it to where you wouldn't even want to buy the game because you feel like it's predatory that you have to pay to play it. Right. You know, that's essentially where we are. And I think, as much as I've been joking about the MMO thing, I think MMOs clearly have shown that. How many MMOs have come out, been subscription-based games, and then went free-to-play with an uh, optional subscription service? Most of them, exactly. If you're not World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy XI or fourteen, most of them have gone <laughs> yep. th- that way. DC Universe Online switched over. Elder Scrolls Online switched over to free-to-play. And it makes more sense. They make way more money that way. Because it's going to show that people don't like being nickel and dime that way when it's forced upon them. And that's why most MMOs offer some type of free to let you get into the doors, see if you like it. And then you pay the subscription because you know you like the product. So, exactly. Games have been doing that for a long time. Uh, old school RuneScape, even back when it was just RuneScape, <laughs> was like that. You get to play so much for free. And then, hey, if you become a member, you get so much more. Uh, we're going to move on from that. Thanks to everyone who came together and answered on short notice. Appreciate y'all. And we're going to go move into the news. Uh, Chris, is there anything else you want to talk about in regards to that? No, I'm good. 
All right. Well, I want to remind everyone that if you want to be part of the community <clears> today, <throat> you can head over to our social media sites. Uh, on Twitter, we're at Triangle SQRD. On Facebook, we're in a group called Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. If you ask to be entered into that, we will gladly accept you. You'll see me and Chris there. Saul does not have a Facebook, so you won't see him. You can always join the description, uh, the Discord rather, in the description below. We have a link, uh, and we have a dedicated section for the community's take that you can answer, as well as a podcast open discussion where you can talk to us or any of the other listeners about their thoughts on things that we talk about in the episodes. Also, if you want to, you can head over to patreon.com slash nartech and give as little as a dollar per month to help support the show. Helps us keep this thing running without having to dig in our own pockets. And that means the show is brought to you by you guys, and we are very appreciative of that. But going into the news, very first thing on the docket here, Chris, thanks for doing news. Of course. He says... As of today's recording, Epic has released the newest iteration of its exceedingly popular engine, Unreal 5. Now, you may think, I've already seen some Unreal 5 stuff. Those are beta, and mm-hmm. it was very different. So uh, some of the things we've seen from them, as well as the Matrix uh, Revelations, or what, what, was that, what was that movie called? Resurrection? The Matrix <laughs> Resurrections experience um, were Maybe Unreal 5, but they were beta builds and they were partnershiped with epic so now you're going to start seeing games be able to ship with this across the board some games that are coming that are supposedly using unreal 5 are uh games like sinuous saga mm-hmm. whatever the hell the actual name if it's just going to be sinuous saga part two or two. something weird Witcher weird 4. way to change the name up yeah, Witcher 4 is also using Unreal 5. So you're going to see a handful of games coming, some of them sooner than others. Fire Sports um, game. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, yeah, bunch on the horizon, um, but not horizon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Chris says, he said alongside it came the release of a shooter, Lyra, Lyra, built yeah, on the engine. It's a shooter is it like demo. a full purchasable game or is it just a demo? I think it's like just a, little, a demo. little experience. Yeah, I believe Chris, it's just an experience. You're, you're frozen on my screen, so if you're watching and Chris is frozen, hey, tech is tech. I don't know what to do. Maybe he'll unfreeze eventually. Maybe. <laughs> um, next thing up, speaking of Unreal 5, Crystal Dynamics have announced today that they have a new entry in the Tomb Raider series coming uh, in development at the studio, and it runs on Unreal Engine 5. They say they are in very early development. It will be interesting to see if this is a continuation of the Camilla Luddington-led uh, version of the character or will intimately tie into the animated series starring Haley Atwell. Uh, yeah, I'm very curious to see where they go with this. I would... Do you think that they're going to go forward with the same one? I, it seemed like with each entry of the Tomb Raider trilogy that we just got off of, people liked them less and less. Yeah. I think you should just start it over. I can't tell, though, because I was reading the press release and it insinuated that it was the same. It was like talking about it being in the same series, which, yeah, it's Tomb Raider. But is it in this series or is it a new series in the series of Tomb Raider? You know what I mean? It's very a hard to sub series. Yeah. Do you feel like that they would think that because this version of her is already known and already, which I mean, I was about to say some foolish, clearly Laura Croft in any format is a marketable character, mm-hmm. but is it even more marketable to be a version that we're already intimately familiar with? Or do you think that they would actually have better success and, and more hype and excitement for the game were it to be a new take on it? I don't think it matters. The reason I ask is because of this whole, everyone likes this idea of, 
I, I, I'm not going to act like Marvel's the only one, but everyone likes this idea. Like you hear, you heard it with Spider-Man. Like we want a cinematic universe or a game universe. People like the idea of something they're aware of continuing. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of predicated on really loving what came before it to a strong degree. And I feel like this has gotten weaker and weaker and weaker. At some point, don't you just go, makes more sense to restart, wash the slate clean, and start again? I mean, Tomb Raider for PS3, the first one came out in 2011, right? Or Uh, it was 13. 13. It was 13. So it was 13. Yeah. I think if they were committed to the other one, uh, they wouldn't be doing a Haley Atwell Tomb Raider show. Yeah. So hard to really tell outside of that. I don't know. I'm interested to see where it goes. I like the Tomb Raider games. The first one's the best one, in my opinion. Same. So I don't know. I was it's not funny, though, clamoring for a new one. Because I feel like each game, I remember less and less of it, even though I've played each one of them more recently. Mm-hmm. I remember way more about Tomb Raider 1, despite have not played it since PlayStation 3. Then I do about Tomb Raider, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, which I remember way more of that than I do, uh, I can't even remember the name, Shadow of the Tomb Raider? Yes. Yes? So, Rise yeah, and Shadow, think, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how it ends up going. Uh, moving on, Ubisoft has announced that Ghost Recon Breakpoint support has ceased, which should be no surprise. If you remember that game performed well under expectations, they had attempted to go back and support it and try and turn the game around. It didn't really work. Uh, so this is no surprise. Online servers will still be left up so the game can be played. That's a good thing for people who love it. Uh, but don't expect any patches or DLC to come to the game ever again. Um, so, you know, it's sad when a game kind of goes to the grave, but it's at least a shallow grave that you can wait around in. (laughs) I think (laughs) the only memory I have of that game is me, Blake, and you being like, let's all buy it. It's on sale. We'll play it. All of us, none of us, none of us played it. (laughs) I think, what was it? $9? Uh, yeah, it was like nine bucks on Amazon. We all bought it. Not a single one of us even mentioned it again. (laughs) What's funny is that's probably my best memory of that game. Yeah. (laughs) It's not a good memory. I liked it. It was all right. It it was fine. I played the beta with some friends and yeah, it's whatever. It's a game. Yeah. You shoot things in it. It's a game. All I remember is that I opened up Far Cry 6 and I thought, this is just Ghost Recon <laughs> and oh, I stand Far by Cry that. Six. What a what the a UI game. and everything. What a, what a what a disappointing game. Yeah. Um, okay, next up, the most interesting grift <laughs> in gaming has apparently been recovered. Abandoned creator in quotes. <laughs> oh, hold on. <clears throat> if you're watching, abandoned creator uh, no, Hassan Karaman did multiple interviews this week to talk about his game, his deletion of tweets and NDAs. In talking <laughs> with Colin Moriarty of Last Stand Media, he says the game is not canceled, is not Silent Hill, and that he is not Hideo Kojima in a very attractive man's suit. Also, I'll <laughs> give you that. Hassan Karaman's a good-looking dude. He's too good-looking. It's very... <laughs> Too good looking. That man is too sexy. It's. I'm serious. It's like we just talked about this. (laughs) Go ahead. Fill him in on some pre-show ramble. He's Hassan is too attractive for me to believe he develops video games. I I don't know how else to tell you that. Like I'm sorry. Hold on though. Hold on. You're telling me that Neil Druckmann's golden. They're clearly not golden. But his his <laughs> his his luscious locks that everyone fell in love with, 
That man looked like an Adonis. I'm telling you games. that if Hassan and Neil Druckmann went to the same school, Hassan would beat up Neil Druckmann at recess. <laughs> I don't okay, know hold how on. else. Back up, back up. <laughs> yep. Hassan and Neil, they have a baby mm, together. Sure. What is that? Is that baby like elevated or, or, or you know? It's Surge from System of a Down. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Um, so the prologue is uh, the prologue to the game whose title starts with S and ends with L. I didn't really get that out of that, but who knows? Whatever it be. Um, that was the tweet that blew it all up. Oh, I know that, but he didn't say that the, the game's title was that, right? He, he said did. He, he said you were supposed to say it was survival. You were supposed to get survival out of that. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't. I didn't understand that to be the title. But the tweet says, I will say, "Guess the title." It starts with S, ends in L. I'm glad you looked at the, t- the actual tweet because I would say that one of the most interesting things about watching him is that the language barrier wasn't an, an impossible anything, no. but there were times where I was like, I don't know that I even understood completely what he said. Because I don't know that he's he's probably thinking he said the right thing, but sometimes I'm like either I'm misunderstanding him mm. or his nervousness is making me miss words. It was a very interesting interview. If I'm you have sure. a way to listen to any of these, I'm not even going to say that you should, but if you just want one of the most odd experiences that you've ever seen, uh, you could. It's, it's worth a watch at that point. <laughs> Um, so Hassan, how are you getting? Uh, how are you getting funding? Well, in prologue, you play as a random guy who you see the brother on this, on of this Jason Compound. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I can't talk about it anymore. I'm under. <clears throat> what What made me laugh is who's funding the game? Or just to be clear, you're refu- you're refusing or declining to talk about who's funding the game. Oh well, you see. In the prologue, and then he goes on <laughs> to tell almost the entire story, and then go. I don't want to spoil any more of the story. I've already said too much. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, look, back to my original topic. No, I'm not telling you that. <laughs> it was like he just kept saying things that were him basically saying, "I'm not going to talk about it." Yes. He never. If anyone he wants never to outright listen, said it. If anyone wants to listen to the interview that me and Brett are both referencing, because we both watched the same one, Last Day Media has released it for free. You can find it. It's there. Okay, so this prologue for the game, Abandon is apparently the actual game, but in order to get something out this year, it seems like, uh, and something much shorter that can allow them to therefore fund the actual Abandon game, Mm -hmm. uh, the prologue will come out, and he's not ready to give a definite price, but he says it will definitely 100% be less than $14.99. So if, if you're... Interested in hearing the words basically and 100% a lot? <laughs> and listen to that interview. Sorry. I'm and NDA. NDA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's kind of an NDA um, question. <laughs> I, I at least, I actually believe when he said, I don't actually know, so I'm just going to be careful and not say, I think that that might be true. <laughs> That's what he should have said the whole time. He should have just said, I don't actually know if I can talk about that. I'm sorry. I would rather not answer the question rather than, oh, I think the, the, that's NDA'd. When, it was funny because you're listening to that interview. Who, who's that your we Sony watched. representative? Uh, that's NDA <laughs> or your liaison or whatever. Yeah, it's like I do the same. Sh- that was the funny part. Is he's talking to a guy who does the same stuff at him, and like mm-hmm. if like Colin asked that question about PlayStation Neighborhood, and I'm sitting there, and Hassan goes, "That's NDA." And I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, if it was NDA, Colin wouldn't have brought it up because he would probably be under the same NDA if he's using that thing. So 
She's lying to a dude who knows you're lying. I don't know that he's lying so much as he was just covering his own ass. And like you said, he didn't know, but instead of just saying he didn't know, he was like, uh, NDA. Yeah. <laughs> but know. that's okay. Like I said, it's an interesting thing. I will say, coming away from it, Chris, Chris asked me about it. And I'm so conflicted because I both... He's so awkward. And he says at the beginning, he's very nervous. And I believe it. Yeah. He, I believe that he's nervous. Now, the reason for him being nervous is hard to nail down. Whether or not this is all a grift and, and like some people are trying to say that this is a scam and that he just got caught up in a scam that got way bigger than he intended for it to be and all these different things. Who knows? But I both believe more of his side of the story after listening while also equally thinking every bit of it could be just as much BS because it's yeah. really hard to nail down where he's coming from. So, um, but can I gut check ahead. you quick? Go for it. At this point, if it's revealed that this is Hideo Kojima and Konami doing Silent Hill, is it too far gone for that to save it? I don't. I don't think it's too far gone, but I. I think at this point, the uh, the novelty of the gag has been lost <laughs> so far down the train. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that if it came out, people would still be hyped, right? Yeah, I'd buy but, it on principle. Yeah, but it, it wouldn't carry the same weight as if three months ago, four months ago, yeah. whatever it be, like November, September area, if it would have been like, hey, there's a state of play and then we reveal this is Kojima, which don't worry, I don't even want to say this because I don't want to perpetuate that this is Kojima. It's not. Not well, even trying to do that. I'm my, not my, actually going to say it's not. But. While we're talking about what people were talking about with it, if we're in this fantasy world where this really is Hideo Kojima, yeah, it's gone. And I think that if anything, that's probably his strongest case is that yeah. no sane marketing person would allow this to go on this long if it really was Hideo Kojima. Nor would they allow him to go out and have these interviews at this point. It would it would ruin every bit of what you've tried building. It's, but that's, it's not the But case. that's the thing. Okay, because it's the Ruth Cruz. You, it's you, been you going so it. long that it can't be <clears throat> Kojima anymore. Therefore, when the game launches and it just says Konami, and we go, no! <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But I wouldn't, uh, if, if anybody is really trying to get their hopes up there, I would say bury that hope in a deep, deep grave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, uh, you're all not going to have to dig it back up. All I know from this in, this email or this interview is that I am also under NDA, and that stands for not downloading abandoned. <laughs> I've been thinking about that joke for like five minutes. That's pretty good. <laughs> Next thing up, Jim Ryan on an episode of Sony's Run official PlayStation podcast reiterated that more acquisitions are coming. 2021 resulted in the PlayStation family exp- expanding by five with the acquisition of Bluepoint, Valkyrie, Nix's, Housemark, and Fire Sprite. Already oh. in 2022, thank you. Sony has put a <laughs> ring on Jade Raymond's led studio Haven and the makers of Halo, Bungie. Jim Ryan didn't let any hints slip, but scuttlebutt around the industry is that the acquisition is, quote, large and, quote, sooner rather than later, end quote. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, a lot of what we were talking about is fit right i mean to mm-hmm. some degree does fit even really matter because i, no, I, I not don't anymore. think that like right i think activision threw the idea of fit out the window and that's fine i'm not saying that that's an inherently bad thing 
But I think it clearly marks the lead of what Microsoft's trying to do with their acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Where for a while, I felt like they were kind of being a wolf in sheep's clothing kind of thing where they wanted yeah. to act like that's because these were all good fits for them. And maybe that was true on some level. I think Bethesda, they had a good argument because they had a good relationship with Bethesda. I agree. But I think that the cat's really been let out of the bag and and the wolf has been seen for what it is. And that's fine at this point. Activision is not an example of a good fit. It's an example of wanting to expand rapidly and doing so by brute force, which is what it is. Sony has clearly shown that fit is a little less involved as it used to be with them with the purchase of Bungie. So at this point, is this acquisition about fit or is this acquisition about something for Sony that they are so inherently lacking in that they see the need to go out and buy somebody that they may not have a strong relationship with? That's my curiosity. And then who is that? Yeah. The biggest way to start trying to look at that question is like, if I had to really say like, what's one thing Sony lacks that other people don't, that other people do, um, I would say, more or less two things. I would say very niche titles that Microsoft is doing good with, with uh, In Exile and um, all these different, you know, like the, the developers behind. Um, my, what is my brain not going? Anyway, they have games for these kind of um, real time strategy style games. They have these third person isometric style games. They have a bigger arsenal of a more diverse type of, of genre at least in studios that have experience in those genres. You're thinking of certain uh, affinity? Yeah. Um, so at that point, you could say Sony doesn't have anything like that. But I think on most of the AAA scale, Shooter would have been one of them, but Bungie kind of in a weird way solves that, even though it's not an exclusive, uh, and online. So Bungie is a pretty obvious buy, um, mm-hmm. even though I don't think anybody necessarily 100% expected it to really be going on definitely this soon. <laughs> Still funny. So like, what would you say if you had to try and quantify another hole, right? Another blank in Sony's repertoire, what would you call it? Fighting games. Okay. And they then, own Evo and they don't make a first, per, uh, first party fighting game. That's yeah. insane. So therefore who is the, who is the gift to fill that void? Not that that's w- what the actual acquisition is. WB. Okay. If it was me, Never I think, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. I've said this, but I, I would look at WB if you want them as a whole. If you can get, I think the only reason to buy WB as a whole is to get their licenses. If you can't get the license to Batman, then you don't. There's no reason you don't care about Rocksteady. Not that they're not a good studio, but at the same time, they haven't made a game in eight years. Well, and every bit of their namesake is off the back of. Batman. licensed games exactly but i think you fill it with uh another realm would be a big purchase for them you know that's why cat people think capcom fits and i think it does too but i still think i still think if the room if everything we're hearing about japanese culture with these acquisitions is true those companies are not being bought by microsoft so why would sony even bother that's my yeah. thing. I would say. I know your argument. And for anybody who's uninitiated on that, the idea is that Japanese cultures, and again, I'm just 
I don't actually know. Of course, I'm not from Japan. But the idea that's at least parroted online is that Japanese culture really likes to stay within Japan. And therefore, they would not want to sell to such an Americanized company as Microsoft. Not that they wouldn't partner with them, but literally relinquishing ownership into them would be something that would be against. Mm. So that's what's argued from people, how true it is or not. Well, and that's, to to be fair, not that it changes the truth argument of it, but that did come from a Japanese source. So this yeah. isn't like some dude from IGN living in Burbank, you know, giving his opinion <laughs> on that. It was a guy who sure. would know. Um, yeah. But. Though I would still say enough money always speaks. You know what I mean? So at some point, if you no. really wanted to brute force your way in, you might be able to. I, I don't even want to say like it's a, it's a foregone conclusion, but I would at least say that I would think the door might be a little more open than. Yeah. That statement uh, would make you think it's flat closed, but you know. I mean, yeah, I just think, I don't think, I can't see Microsoft spending so much overpriced just to get, I don't know, Persona on Game Pass. You know what I mean? That I don't know. Yeah. Well, and you know, one thing that we were talking about the other day, right, is even if you want to look at like they don't want to necessarily go up to a Western company in that regard, um, what are the real chances that NetEase or Tencent might get in there and either buy them outright or buy or invest enough to be heavily involved in their uh, share meetings and be part of their board and what is the potential impact of those things. So, you know, my argument was for Japanese, Sony might move towards buying something like Square when most people would look at it right now and say, Square makes no sense to buy because Square already has such a tight relationship with Sony. Most of their games have some kind of exclusivity or are downright exclusive. Uh, therefore, why would Sony need to waste the time? And my argument would be, much like we saw with uh, Haven, Sony's looking at this very rapidly consolidating landscape and looking at opportunities that might slip through their fingers if they wait too long and are going ahead and putting a ring on it if it makes sense for them. And considering that how many of Square Enix's Japanese-made games do really well on PlayStation, uh, like monstrously well on PlayStation, there's a reason Forspoken is exclusive. Part of the reason is that Sony gave a bunch of money, but it wasn't hard for Square to do because Square would have thought 80% of our sales would have come from PlayStation anyway. We're only missing out on 20% of our market. And that 20% is being made up for by this huge chunk of cash that Sony paid for us to make this exclusive. Right. So in that regard, at some point, it may make sense for Sony just to double down and be like, hey, we already have a great relationship. Let's make it whole. Let's, let's, let's bring you under our wing so that we know we can't lose you in the, future, in the future. I think that that's a sensible enough thing. But it would be interesting because of Square's relationship with Nintendo. Yeah, if I'm Sony, I let that keep going. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I would just be but like, I would we, also I would be the one unless Nintendo is really throwing some money, I would be the one that was like Nintendo could still have all these pixel art style games, but guess what? We get, we get triangle true. strategy day one. We get yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. we, we get all these types of games they want alongside you, which I think Sony's kind of doing, right? They're saying that those games are doing well on Switch, and that's why that <clears> new um that new strategy game, what is it, the, the die No Dialos principle, I think. Something like that. Yeah. It looks awesome. Yeah, that, I think that that is Sony being like, hey, we need one of those types of games on our system. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's what's going on. So, I'll, you know, the other answer that everyone talks about is Kotakawa and, their, and from software. Well, why don't you read the next news article? 
And you'll have oh. my opinion on how that goes. Well, there we go. We're going to move on <laughs> to the next one. Acclaimed fantasy author Brandon Sanderson. And if you don't know who that is, go check it out. Very so interesting dude. Has a lot of lectures about magic in your world and how to make it consistent and grounded. And in their fantastic series of videos. If you're a writer, I always any, – anybody who's a writer, I'm like, please go watch these videos. Yeah, it's very I love important. those videos. Uh, they're fantastic. So if you're interested in it at all, uh, I think it's something that's worth listening to. Read the um, Wave Kings. Yeah, he has revealed, or yeah, uh, he's revealed on a live stream that publisher Bandai Namco has reached out to him about collaborating with Kingsfield developer From Software. This news is particularly interesting as it would seem to indicate that Namco and From are planning to work together in the future, pouring a few drops of cold water on the ember of a Sony acquisition of the Metal Wolf Chaos developer. I love how you bring in Metal Wolf Chaos and Kingsfield. Mm. Like the most unknown names of games that come from from. I mean, what else? It's not like they make other games. I mean, Armored Core is a dead series. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Souls series? Talk I've about never heard dead. Of that. Yeah, Bloodborne's great. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, I, I don't but, know. The, the yeah, reality I, is, is that any of these things could still happen with a Sony purchase, realistically. Sure. But I but don't think I, I'm Sony not would, saying that I think it's going to happen either. Sony's not going to buy from and then be like, yeah, Namco, you can publish the game from them. You know, even if they do end up working with Brandon Sanderson on a next game with Sony, let's say. But I don't know. I think yeah. this this when I read this, I was like, it would appear to me that Namco doesn't is not worried about Sony buying them. Yeah. And yeah, I don't you, you're, people don't talk about this much, but I wonder if they'd be allowed to even buy Katakawa. Because at well, that, that point, was, they would have a monopoly on the anime. On industry. anime. Yeah. Yes. Now, that's actually something that uh, some of my friends have talked about uh, in regards to how they initially felt about Sony buying Crunchyroll. Um, so it's it's pretty interesting. I'd be curious to see if that would happen. Plus, Kotakawa's got a bunch of stuff that Sony may not necessarily want as part of the thing. It's kind of like we talk about with Konami, right? You can look at Konami as a, as a reasonable thing because... They have a, a, a vast library of IP that people love. But at the same time, you run into this thing of those IP may be incredibly well known, but they still pale in sales numbers in comparison to a lot of modern IP. That's thing one. And thing two is, do you really want to have to buy all of Konami to do that? Do you really want to buy into having to deal with the pachinko machines? And, and machines? And maybe they do. Maybe Sony thinks the best ways for them to diversify to where it's not just video games, but also other games. And maybe that purchase makes sense to them. But at the same time, it feels like a somewhat wasteful form. And from what I understand, and I may be wrong, it looks like From can't from would be unlikely to be able to be sold from Kotakawa. It would have to be Kotakawa being bought to acquire from. But yeah. I don't actually know that, and I don't want to act like I do. So yeah, um, Kotakawa is just an investment firm. They could buy it if they wanted to. It's just money. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think the case for Konami is, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but it's, hey, we have the Castlevania license. And then you go to Motion Twin, and you're like, hey, we want you to make Castlevania. We, we'll give you... Thirty million dollars or whatever yeah, it is. Second party relations. Yeah, you go to IO IOI and you're like, hey, guess what? You doing James Bond? How about after that you do Metal Gear? <laughs> you know, that's who I'd give it to. Or or Ooh, that would give, be interesting to see. 
you, specifically you know IOI Metal Gear. And the reason yeah. being is that I feel like people would rage over it not being based in its very Japanese foundings. I agree. You know what I mean? But just, it would be really interesting. At that point, see, that's why like I've been saying, like you buy, I think you bring Kojima into the fold, you do stuff like that, smaller purchases, smaller, like kind of targeted pricks. And you have, yeah, Xbox has the the big publishers, but we've got the auteurs. Um, we're the A24 of, of publishing houses, I guess. You know? Well, that would be interesting because if you can actually get that type of look while clearly having far more money than A24 does, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a best of both worlds type of deal. Yeah. You know, I, I do think that if, if, if Microsoft has a chance of just brute forcing you with sheer money and, you know, ability to put that capital out almost immediately. Sony can find ways to come up with ways to create this money if they really found the need to do so, but it's a riskier endeavor for them. Mm-hmm. If they can, for a much cheaper price, if they can leverage themselves into their already very good first-party studios plus a number of auteur studios, then they don't get looked at as an apples-to-apples thing. Then it becomes an apples-to-oranges. It's like people will still try and compare the two things. But Sony and anybody that's that's vying for Sony's side in this can just easily say, why are you trying to compare a $30 million auteur game to a $200 million Activision game? And the argument kind of doesn't really need to go much further without branching into something different, right? Well, I'm more meant by auteur is like, you look at Microsoft and you're like, Bethesda, Activision, Mm I guess that's really it because I don't really think of much of the rest in exile, you know. But if you look at Sony, you got Jade Raymond, Corey Barlog, Hideo Kojima, Neil Druckmann, and it depends on your take on it. But I would argue that those people have just as much cachet as Activision is under our banner, to me personally. Well, that's what we were talking about the other day when we were playing Tiny Tina about, Mm -hmm. and it goes back to a conversation we've had before about this thing where. Gaming has this thing where, like, Sony seemed to let a lot of the develop the, the directors for their games run free on Twitter and really get a lot of goodwill from fans from games that did well. So, The Last of Us, Uncharted, The Last of Us Two, for all of its controversy, it still had Neil Druckmann as a name in the media that people knew and were familiar with and could either blame or praise as needed. And then you had Corey getting in there and having all his moments with God of War, and even before the game came out, being very vocal with the community and everyone knowing. And of course, not everyone, but a large portion of people knowing that name and carrying the weight of that game name forward to where. In the future, you say, hey, have you heard about Corey Barlog's new game? And there's a chance that you'd be excited just off of knowing that it was him. And mm-hmm. I don't really find that Xbox has really brought that to the table. And it's just a different way of making games. But I don't feel like Xbox has really been like, hey, here's you know, like a good example for Xbox. Their biggest thing that they've done that I think is somewhat close to this is like, here's Redfall from the creators of Dishonored. Right. But that's just still a studio. You're talking about a studio level. I think there's a really important marketing spin that you can give if you say, know the director, know the creative force behind the game. And then as you see them move around, their name carries its own cast so that when you hear Corey Barlog, you don't necessarily have to hear Sony Santa Monica. And people are far more likely to build a connection with an individual than they are a company. 
Yeah. So in that sense, I think that there's a lot that they can, again, leverage, even if it is a high budget game, even if it's a $200 million Kojima game, be like, well, yeah, but this is a Kojima game. Exactly. You know, you, you just get to position yourself differently. I would be really interested to see. Regardless, it seems like everyone's just of the mindset that the acquisition almost has to be Japanese, but I'm going to laugh if it's not. <laughs> I hope it's not. Again, I, it would blow me away and it wouldn't surprise me if they were like, listen, we are now take Sony two. That wouldn't <laughs> surprise me at all. Turns out that the take rumor two was wrong and it's what it is is Jim Ryan spoke wrongly and now it's going to be Apple buying Sony. The acquisitions aren't done, but it's not Sony acquiring people. It's someone acquiring Sony. I think <laughs> honestly, Apple buying Sony and just leaving them alone would probably be the best thing that could happen to them. You, you know, people would riot in the streets. <laughs> people will riot in the streets. Not, not from games, over. from tech. People would be oh, like, yeah. my Bravia is ruined. I'll never make another good TV. Oh, no. I got a free Apple Plus subscription with my TV. <laughs> I'm going to cry. My um, PS Plus Plus came with, <laughs> came with Apple TV. Now I have to watch C with Jason Samoa. That's not his name. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I <laughs> Jason Samoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he plays Cal Thinman in Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> That's him. Um, but I think people are, it's fascinating because I don't think anyone ever thinks about a merger. And I think that could be, is just as possible. The reason that I think people aren't talking about it in, the, in regard to this is that most people don't use the word acquisition when they're talking about something on the scale of a merger. But it's not... Impossible. No, but the real the realistic thing is that in a lot of ways, legally, we should never have any leaks or rumors about acquisitions. So one hundred percent true. Straight up, don't truly don't know what they're talking about. So it could be a merger that they're like, yeah, something's happening. I can't tell you, but it's pretty big. And they're like, Sony's buying someone. It's like, no, we're merging with sure. Take Two. Rockstar's <laughs> under this banner, and they're exclusive to this console. But you know that kind of stuff yeah. could happen. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, next up on the news, one of the big benefits of being a PlayStation 5 early adopter was the addition of the PlayStation Plus collection. The selection was large and of exceeding quality, and sadly, the first domino to fall from the service is also the best game on offer. <clears throat> Don't even fight me Persona on that. Persona 5 is leaving true. the service. Uh, Days Gone's on that service, buddy. <laughs> You're pitting my children against me. I'm under That's NDA. Exactly why I, I said I, I'm under NDA. Sorry. <laughs> I, I can't speak anymore. Sorry, NDA. NDA. Uh, Persona 5 is leaving the service. Whether something Persona 5 Royal, maybe? No. <laughs> will take its not. place is up in the air. Um, like the George Clooney movie. Um, incredible movie. Incredible movie. One of the, one of the most... Sad comedies I've ever seen. Uh, either way, um, yeah, it, it's interesting to see. And now that we're seeing some of these contracts seemingly end, um, I'm wondering how long it'll be before Fallout 4 leaves. I was just thinking, it's fascinating Persona left before Fallout. It really makes you wonder. Here's the thing, though. If Sega knows anything, mm -hmm. I'll give them this. Sega understands that they have... A, they have a diamond. They have just a little diamond 
in the Atlas and Persona team. Yep. And so I think that they would be aware enough of this to be like, yeah, we'll let you include Persona 5 because Royal's coming and everyone's going to think Royal's better. Yeah. And, of course, we will let you have it, but only for a period of a year and a half mm-hmm. or you know whatever it be. I could see that. Whereas I could see Bethesda being like, yeah, no one's really buying uh, Fallout, Fallout 4 much 4. anymore. So uh, you can just have it for two years. Mm. I doubt it was any longer than that. But it would be interesting to see. Here's the real question. Is Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas on the PS Plus premium collection? Because they're on PS Now right now. I can play them right now on my PS5. Oh, that'll be very interesting. I'm not actually sure. Um, Hey, Chris, I'm sending you a picture of what you look like right now frozen on my screen. It's very cute. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. We'll talk about that here in just a second because it's the next well, one of the next things up on the list. Um, what do you think is actually the next game? Because I mean, I assume PS Plus collection will will keep all first party. There's no reason not to. Um, what what third party do you think will fall next? Do you think uh, maybe Monster Hunter World will will see a fall off? No, that game. I feel like that game is in the same situation as Fallout Four, where it's like it's kind of just old at this point. I don't see it coming down. Honestly, to me, it's interesting. Hold There's, on, though. Persona Persona Five is the oldest game on that list, right? It's also the best game on. I don't know. I, uh, I, yeah, but I'm just throwing it out there that that Persona Five was a cross-gen PS3, PS4 game for sure. But like I said, it's, it's, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if next week or in June they were like, "Oh, also we're adding Persona Five Royal to the Plus Collection." It wouldn't surprise me, but I doubt it. I don't think that they would be pulling Persona 5 now. I think if anything, Sony would do this one-two punch of, hey, here's Persona, here's Persona 5 tomorrow. Oh, look at that. We replaced Persona 5 with Persona 5 Royal. Happy birthday. Yeah, but that decision is <laughs> probably not up to Sony. But That's true. making sure everyone knows what's coming off the service is up to Sony and their That's responsibility. True. So, Yeah. So we'll see. It... it it was more interesting to me that when they first announced the PlayStation Plus collection, it seemed like it was going to be something that rotated games in and out. But as so far, we've seen more than a year without these games changing at all. So now that we're seeing them change, is it just the PS Plus collection falling apart? Clearly, that can't be the case because it's been confirmed that despite all the new stuff happening with PS Plus, the PS Plus collection will still stay uh, for all PS Plus subscribers who own a PS5. So that end of the spectrum I don't know if there's much benefit for them to keep rotating new stuff in unless they just really want PlayStation Plus to be the it thing regardless of what level you're in at you know yeah man I don't know well guess what Sony have announced a myriad of free games for PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now users as (laughs) for the PS Now side of things April brings Outer Wilds uh, WRC 10 FIA World Rally Championship, Journey to the Savage Planet, and Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthbound, which makes sense as to where you downloaded that from. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the game that's in the um, comic book series storylines, right? My brain is really failing me right now. Uh, that's not nearly specific enough for me to answer that, but I also don't think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that this is the one that I remember seeing. Um, um, you might be thinking of um, the ACG one. review. 
Yes, he did review it. He gave it a bad score. Yeah, part of the larger World of Darkness series. Gotcha. It's a it's a it's a tabletop game series. That's oh, that's cool. I like those. And this is a, a you know a video game adaptation of that. Um, PlayStation Plus users can download Slay the Spire, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, and Hood Outlaws and Legends. Um, here's something. No more, no matter what keeps happening with games with gold, it seems like everybody's just given up on it being anything good. I've seen people comparing last April, which was Days Gone, um, Odd World, Soul Storm, and something else. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I've seen them comparing last April to this April and calling this April a huge letdown and a huge drop in quality. Um, seen a lot of people just calling Slay the Spire an effing card game. Trash day. <laughs> um, and everything else, and, and saying that Hood Outlaws and Legends is a dead game, and all these different things. Probably um, true. Probably true. But do you really feel like this month is a notable drop in quality to you? No, this is the best month they've ever had because Slay the Spire's in it. <laughs> this is the best month they've ever had because of preconceived opinions. <laughs> no, I, I got you though. Um, I don't think it's a bad month at all. I mean, I think it seems pretty solid. Hood Outlaws and Legends is not that old, so even if it's dead, this actually could be the chance for the game to revive because mm-hmm. maybe it's just dead because not enough people were willing to try it at their own cost, but can do so free. Um, I often wonder if Rocket League would have gotten as big as it did if it didn't have a PS Plus start. No. Because the exact same game, but called Rocket Powered Battle Cars on PlayStation 3, failed phenomenally. <laughs> like, it was so bad. Same developer and everything. Give yeah, it a new name, come to a new system, and give it to free. And, oh, look at that. So, we'll see. Maybe next year we'll be talking about Hood Outlaws and Legends as if it's like the new... Uh, <laughs> what's that what's that horror game where they always rotate new people in abandoned <laughs> abandoned yes uh dead by daylight yes dead by daylight uh okay last thing and probably the big thing for the week of many uh definitely for people who follow the show and listen every week who might be looking for our opinions on this speaking of ps now and ps plus this week brought the long-awaited reveal of the revamped ps plus collection uh was previously known as spartacus for its code name It comes in three tiers, Essential, Extra, and Premium. Essential costs $9.99 per month or $59.99 a year and is equivalent to what you currently get with PS Plus. Extra is $14.99 or $99 a year. This tier entitles you to all of Essential plus a library of 400 plus PS4 and PS5 titles that you can download. Uh, Lastly is Premium, which costs $17.99 a month or one hundred and twenty a year. Uh, this entitles you to all of the above tiers, but also includes backward compatible titles. Which is it really backwards compatible if you're streaming them? If I'm being honest, I was really thinking about this. Well, the PSP, PS1, PS2 are not streaming, so. Oh, you're right. You can stream them, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. But you can also download them. Correct. Uh, so I guess in that sense they are. Um, so yeah, they include backwards compatible titles from PSP, PS1, PS2. For download and streaming for PS3 games, the new set of subscriptions start in June. Uh, Something important to note here, not that it's going to be easy to find because people have been doing it for days now. If you currently have PS Now, your PS Now subscription will be rolled into the essential tier with no extra upcharge. 
so you can essentially game it in a similar way that people were doing to Game Pass, where you can try and get as many years of PS Now so that you get half price essential. Uh, good luck at doing so if that's what you want to try and do. Um, <coughs> it's right so, on the PSN store, so it's not hard. That's true. Right now, you don't have to buy a card. I guess you can just go buy sixty dollars worth of PS Now mm-hmm. a year. But um, I think you have to get Plus and Now. So to me, it's not actually saving you any money. If, if you have to get Plus and Now, then you no, know, it's not. And that actually is probably the first thing to look at here. Is I've seen some people look at this and say that this is not a good deal, but in all reality, what this is is Sony taking two disparate services recoupling one service that wasn't as popular on its own under the naming of a far more popular service in PS Plus, consolidating them into a single thing and keeping both of them more or less alive as if you had the one or both, and then adding a middling tier for people who kind of want the the best of both worlds without having to pay quite as much. And I think the biggest indicator of that is that right now, PS Plus for a year, PS Now for a year, is $59.99, That's exactly the pricing here for a year. A lot of people immediately wanted to compare this to Game Pass, and I think that there's probably a meaty conversation to be had about that. But I think one of the biggest things to show is that right now, currently, Game Pass still does not have a yearly price. And that means that to do Game Pass, which if you want to call that the most comparable thing to this, is $180 uh, a year. And, game, and that's for Game Pass Ultimate, which includes uh, Xbox Live Gold, which is essentially the same as this. Um, so before we get too far into that, um, okay. one of the things I think is, like, what is your general feel about the three tiers? Extra is a kind of weird one. I don't think it's an inherently terrible tier, but it's so close in price to essential that it feels really odd to me that someone would just land on that. But I guess yeah, if you're yeah, yeah. absolutely not going to play PSP, PS1, or any of those, then you'll not do it. But that also, from what, it, from what I understand, you can't stream at that. So if PS Now becomes a really viable streaming service that's similar to xCloud, you'd be giving that up for three dollars $2 a month? $3 a month? Yeah. yeah. Or that- $20 a year? Right. That's the weird part. It's one of those things where, like, even if you were like, I'm never going to touch the backwards compatibility, uh, it's still worth $3 in case you decide, yeah, I guess I'll screw around in one of these games. Screw around in one of these games for five minutes and you've that $3 is covered. <laughs> like, it's fine. Or $20 for the whole year. You know, that's, that, that kind of comes this thing of... There was something that Jim Ron said, which I figured as much because I'm glad that they've always done this. I've always done that. I've never understood people who pay per month for PlayStation Plus. Now, if you're somebody who pays for it per month because you don't you don't keep it every month and you just want to pay for it when you need it, fine. That's close enough. But the moment that you pay for six months, you should have just bought the year. Yep. So you kind of get into that. But, you know, I'm glad they have the option. But I really appreciate the idea of a year because it goes towards that idea of like, we're going to try and find a way to bring you in under this umbrella in a palatable way. And I really wish game pass would have had a year to buy it. Cause I think it's far easier to buy these things in a year at a time. And honestly, if it would have been easy for me to buy a year of game pass at a discounted price and not just 180, if I could have bought a year of game pass for $120, guess what? 
I wouldn't have spent $100 to get two years of Game Pass and have to go through that weird process. I would have just taken the easier way out and yep. gone the official way. Um, so I'm glad they do this. But Jim Ryan had said that the vast majority of their subscriptions are done so on the yearly purchase amount. So it's very important for them to keep a yearly purchase amount mm-hmm. or a yearly purchase price for this. Um, so in kind of looking at each one, one of the big things that I think a lot of people had, even though I think many of us were tr- prepared, like, don't wrong, even on this show, right? We were giving our, it'd be great if backwards compatibility had some kind of improvements and could run natively. Or as I, as I said, I thought it'd be cool to have backwards compatibility for PS3 games run at an enhanced version just on the streaming side where they can throw some extra firepower at it. That didn't happen. Not that we know of. Not that we know of. Uh, though at the same time, are you of the mindset that if they had that at least ready to go at this point in time, they would have blurted it from the rooftops just to have it said? Well, or do you think this is a holding their cards close to their chest in case, in case it just doesn't end up working the way they want? I think it's the second one. Because this wasn't like a... We don't even know the games that are in it. So it's not like course, they announced we have everything no clue we the library. Yeah. There's no telling what else they could add to it. <laughs> So I think it's premature to say, well, they didn't add, uh, you know, ray tracing to Fallout 3 or whatever. Because yeah. especially when I think, you know, maybe I'm naive, but I think a really good move on their part would be like, yeah, Xbox talks about FPS boost and, and all this kind of stuff already. Yeah, that's just in our stuff. We're not even mentioning it because we don't see it, you know, what they think is a selling point. We don't, we think is an essential service kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, follow me on something here. I'm following. Because something I've been thinking about that, again, like you say, this is a very vague reveal. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people, Rude Days 93, one of our patrons, uh, he was talking in the podcast open discussion. And he had brought up, and I want to go read his what he said, because I think it it is important for the way that a lot of people are going off of this. And I understand his immediate response. Um, but he says this whole thing. I had said that I think that there, I have a sneaking suspicion that there's more than the simple thing they told us. It just depends on to what extent. And what I'm talking about there is in regards to enhanced backwards compatibility. And he says this whole thing with Spartacus is people thinking there's something more only to turn out that there isn't. And, I want to be clear that where I'm going with this, and I didn't want to say too much because I wanted to have time to kind of think about it and really get it. My sneaking suspicion is built off the back of a feature that's already on the PS4, but is not freely available for all to use, but it exists in a capacity that developers could use it. And it was used to create uh, PSP remasters, essentially. And that is, if you look at Parappa the Rapper, and Loco Roco, both of those games that are playable on PS4 in 4K resolution on the PS4 Pro, those games are not simply recompiled into PS5 code or PS4 code. That is not the way it actually is working. For people who have dug into the back end of the system and have modded systems, they can actually see that those games are running on a PSP emulator on the PS4 that they are then injecting new textures and rerouting the 
uh, render pipeline so that the native render resolution is increased dramatically and essentially doing what happens when you run a PSP emulator on a computer. You can play games like Final Fantasy Crisis Core 4K and it just starts to fall apart when you get to cutscenes that are they can't scale because they were cutscenes made for 240p that look terrible in 4K. But where I'm getting at with this is I think it'd be really easy for them at this point to leverage that tech and just say PSP games that you can play here. And then by it'd be just as easy to say PS1 and PS2 emulators are doing the same thing can run at native 4K by means of us just having an emulator that reroutes it and just we're not doing anything else to the game but by nature of more powerful hardware you're going to have typically a a more stable frame rate than you did when you played these games on their original systems and you're going to have them at a resolution that's fitting of this system in these current modern displays that use them and i think i'd be willing to bet that that exists somewhere at least as psp but i would even go as far as say ps1 and ps2 games are going to benefit in some capacity PS3 games are still the big mystery. But I don't think that that's a crazy thing. We see that already in action, and it would be very easy for them to do. How likely do you think that actually is, Chris, on your side? I, it's hard because I, I think it's just as likely as it is unnecessary, if that makes any sense. So, Could you explain further? I don't think Sony needs to do any uh, FPS boost or anything like that. Well, I won't call it FPS boost. And that's why <clears throat> FPS boost would be different. And actually, a go-to example, um, Sonic Adventure uh, DX Director's Cut on GameCube mm-hmm. ran at 60 frames per second. The original Dreamcast release did not. It ran at 30. By pushing the game to 60 frames per second, but not actually going back in and rechanging any of the video game's logic. Animations took place twice as quick as they were supposed to because they weren't slowed to account for 60 frames. And so there was a boss fight that was incredibly hard on the GameCube version, but not on the PS, uh, not on the Dreamcast version because the enemy would go invisible or, you know, basically invisible where you couldn't damage them. You can only damage them when you can see them, but they would only flash and be visible for like a half a second and then go back down because their internal logic was still set to 30 frames per second. It creates issues and quality control that you wouldn't want to have to deal with. But just rerouting a rendering pipeline and saying, all we're doing here is giving you a native resolution increase because we're just telling the pixels to produce at this actual resolution. We're not bumping any of the textures. We're not doing anything like that. We're just, it's essentially not too far off from how Xbox was able to do with uh, Red Dead Redemption 1 on Xbox One, where the game ran at 4K. They didn't improve any of the textures, any of the frame rate, anything. It was just the game being rendered in 4K. I don't think it's a really hard thing for them to do, and part of that comes to they didn't specify that any of these PSP, PS1, PS2 games were exclusive to PS5. PS4 already has this. Um feature built in and they've used it to make new releases of remastered games but those games were also they ended up injecting newer textures better textures to make the game look more modern i think there's a middle ground that could be reasonable and would make this 17.99 a month or 120 a year suddenly be worth more than it currently was if you bought both ps now and ps plus yeah 
I don't know. I, I hope they do it. I just, I don't have faith. And I'm kind of just resigned to just playing the games the way they are. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing. If that's worst case scenario, it's better that they have the options at all. The bigger question with PSP, PS1, PS2, what's that library? How big is it? That. How diverse me, is it? Tell me if there's trophies in the goddamn games. I'm, I'll tell you right now the only way I'm playing any of them is if there's trophies. I know it's dumb. That's the only way I'm even touching it. Honestly, at least on console side, I'm not going to play PSP games because if I'm not going to get trophies for them anyway, I'll just play them on my Vita. That's right. exactly where I replayed Resistance Retribution, where mm-hmm. I replayed Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. If I want to replay a game, I'll just do it in the handheld because it's going to look better. It's going to be I can do it while watching TV. Most of those games, yep. if I want to focus on them, I can. It doesn't make sense to take up my PlayStation to do it there. No. But if they let me play Resistance Retribution at 4K, even at the original 30 frames per second, I'm down. Yeah. And I think if you let me play Siphon Filter Logan Shadow, I'd play it. Yeah. And I think there's 4K. something to be said about the console just doing stuff like this on its own. It just it, it'll just make games better just playing on it. So for all we know, that's just what they're gonna do. They're gonna be like, yeah, we these games had open frame rates because that's how we built the games back then, and they'll run at sixty. They'll run at two thousand FPS if you want. You know that could always be the thing. Yeah, the console just does it. But we need to know more about PS. <laughs> excuse me, PS Premium before I can really make much determination. Because like I said, fair. in the end. If they tell me there's no trophies, it just doesn't even matter. I don't have any interest in playing old-ass games outside of the novelty of occasionally playing an old-ass game, you know? You give me, like, Simpsons Hit and Run, yeah, I'm going to play that for a day, but it's probably that day, and I don't know if I'm going to pay the 120 a month to the, for the one day I decide to play Simpsons Hit and Run. You know? Yeah, but you're already going to be paying the 120 a month very likely anyway and therefore if that's something yeah. you can just hop in and do then bam but that's because i'm stupid i don't think that <laughs> a lot of people are going to yeah. look at this and be like okay there's no boosts, there's no trophies the library is solid but not great and is it worth 14 extra dollars or whatever it is sorry eight extra dollars probably but do i want to pay that eight extra dollars no so then they're not going to subscribe i think sony needs to do something other than well yeah these games are available and i think the bare minimum of that to me is trophies. You know, I think that the real thing here comes down to PSP, PS1, PS2, all three of those systems. If the library was actually made of games that are very hard to find and mm-hmm. very hard to play any other way, then you have a viable reason to be like, this is why it's worth. Crisis Core is not available digitally anywhere. You can't play it on Vita unless you have a modded one uh, because the game doesn't exist in a digital format. If Sony can work with Square and say, hey, we want to partner with you, get these licenses back up, do whatever it takes, let's get a digital version of Crisis Core finally put out there so we can put it on our service and people can play an all-time great PSP game that many people have not gotten to play here. And that's where the value comes from. Oh, hey, you could you didn't get to play the dot .hack rebirth games? Oh, no big deal. Guess what? Bam, easily sustainable. You know, Ooh. it's like... If you do that and you say, hey, do you like Xenogears? Guess what? We have all the PS2 Xenogear games on here. If you can play something out like that, then you start making that make sense. But that's a much harder way and a much more niche audience that I don't know if they'd be willing to do it for the price that they have listed. Yeah, we'll see. I'm fascinated. 
Crisis Problem. Core was in the NVIDIA GeForce League, but I did I did just realize that if Sony buys Square Enix, they could make a Parasite Eve game, and that would make me happy. So buy Square Enix. <laughs> buy Kojima and Square Enix and make have Kojima make a Parasite Eve game. I'm going to have a hot take right now. You ready for it? Yeah. Parasite Eve, uh, the third birthday, is a perfectly fine game. It's great. I actually thought it was fun. Really good. Yeah. Is it the same as Parasite Eve 1 or 2? No. Not exactly. Uh, is it worse off for it? Not in my opinion. I actually think it fit the PSP way better than a traditional Parasite Eve game would have. Do I also want a modern Parasite Eve? You bet your ass. <laughs> yes. Um, so do you even want to get into, I'm, I'm going to leave it up to you. Do you even want to get into why you think it is or isn't valid to compare this to game pass? I mean, we can get into it. <laughs> the question is if it's worth the conversation. Cause I don't think it is, but I don't have to, I don't have much backing that up, you know? Like yeah. me and Blake had that argument and there was like, I, I don't disagree with anything he says, but I also disagree with everything he says. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, in all seriousness, like he was saying, well, you can compare it because it's this. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But I also just straight up don't agree with you. You know, it's, 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 a, it's that situation. It's like I said when we were talking about it, this is Netflix compared to Criterion Collection. Well, yeah, they technically both do the same thing. But it, comparing Netflix to Criterion Collection would be stupid. You know, I still stand, and I really haven't shifted anywhere on it, that the biggest problem I have with that is that it's unclear, right? You know, the, the only thing we know is that Jim Ryan had this remark a year and a half ago, two years ago, whenever PlayStation 5 was first, first being shown off before release. One of the interviewers asked him uh, something in regard to Game Pass, and he said, we're working on something. Mm -hmm. I think that was his exact quote. We're working yeah. on something. The implication behind that statement is that they're working on something to compete with Game Pass. All right? Now, if this was it, then you can still say, yeah, you can compare them because this is – internally, they said that this was a – a competing service and therefore we're going to compare them in a competing sense. The problem I have with it is that in the real, if that's, even if that's what they meant, the real outcome, at least so far as we see now, with the very limited version of information that we have, this is just a repackaging of existing services. Mm -hmm. And if it you're going to on. say that this, it's a little improved on, but not in any way that you would really look at. Like th this is my real argument here. When you think of Game Pass, realistically, when you think of Game Pass and what most people want from Game Pass and what most people want from Sony as an answer to Game Pass, what is the one feature that is consistently and pretty much exclusively brought up in this conversation? Day one, baby. Day one first party releases. Mm -hmm. Sony has consistently, and I mean consistently, <laughs> said that they cannot afford the they cannot it's not even that they don't use that wording because they don't want to look weak and i understand that but that their creative process and the leveraging of funds that they have to give to their studios in order to facilitate that creative process could not thrive under a business model where their titles 
are released on a service day and date. They have said the same song and dance. They've done it over and over again and have done so yet again after the reveal of this in an article where they interviewed Jim Ryan. I don't know why anybody came into this thinking that this was going to be different in some way. I saw a lot of people disappointed and I just, you can be disappointed because it's not what you would like, but you shouldn't be disappointed in thinking that Sony sold you something that they uh, sold you a lie because I don't think they did. I would argue that Sony sold you exactly what they're giving you. Mm-hmm. But the real the real argument that I have here is that with this more or less being 95% just a repackaging of existing services, if you're going to call this suddenly a competitor to Game Pass, then what you're telling me is that PS Now was always a competitor to Game Pass. And if you believe that, that's fine. But that's not really how I I would almost say that you would need to phrase it as Game Pass became, therefore, a competitor to PS Now because PS Now has been around forever. Now, you have an existing solid back argument that Game Pass forced PS Now to change its market. Sure. Prior to Game Pass... PS Now had no interest in having you down, letting you download its titles. Everything was strictly streaming. Therefore, Game Pass did exert a pressure on the service, which could make it comparable. And I always said the moment that uh, the Game Pass got streaming in, I do think that you can really somewhat toe-to-toe compare PS Now and Game Pass. And I still believe that. I think that the big difference is, is that when you're talking about it in a more macro thing in a large group, what people talk about when they talk about Game Pass is really day one first party titles. Exactly. And not getting that here is the point of contention with most people. Uh, most Xbox people who thought, oh, I expected more. They expected day one games. I've seen people say that verbatim and it was never going to come. So at that point, it remains to be seen. No one so, knows what the third-party games are going to be. And if you just remove day one first-party games from the from the thing, right now we can't even currently compare what the third-party publisher agreements are between Sony's offering and the Xbox's because we don't know Sony's offering. So you're comparing correct. something with no real basis yet. So do you agree with Jim Ryan that they, the day one games would devalue them? Because I've, I kind of agreed with him for a while, but now I'm, I've kind of turned to this service in general devalues your first party games. You're saying even in its existing form, correct? Because Returnal <laughs> is going to be on the service, therefore they are signaling that one day they might come to the service. So inherently, there's going to be a large number of people who go. I'm just going to wait. Well, then you have the same argument for PC, correct? To a degree. Now, the difference yeah, is, is that one's a service do. that's available on there. Also, we hadn't talked about this. One of the most interesting things here is that PS Now it will not exist on PC anymore, is what it seems I like. I didn't know that. No, I thought I thought it will. I'm fairly positive it will. Are I they going to suddenly call it PS Plus? I thought they ch- I thought they said this would be a PC If they thing did, too. that's interesting. I haven't, I I haven't heard I could it. be wrong. You might be right, but I feel like they mentioned PC. If so, it's going to be really interesting to see that one of the ways that they had for PC people to try their games prior to them starting to release them on PC has suddenly been ripped away. Or, or worst case scenario, it's been doubled in price. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you imagine if they're like, yeah, this is the same service on PC. You can play Infamous on PC. Can't play it on PS5 natively, but you can play it on PC. Hmm. 
It's really interesting. Either way, um, I want to see, I don't remember him saying specifically devalued. I did remember him saying that the way that they let their people make games and the funds that allow them that flexibility would not be possible um, with that with that business model. Uh, is there an exact quote of devalued? Um, I'm looking for it. Just because I'd like to see it in full context. Eight days ago, this says our games could suffer. This is gamesindustry.biz. If it'll load. Oh, apparently I didn't click. <clears throat> we feel if we were to do that with the games that we make at Sony, at, Play, at PlayStation Studios, the that virtuous cycle. cycles will be broken. The level of investment we need to make in our studios will not be possible. And we think the knock-on effect on the quality of the games that we make would not be something that gamers want. I agree because I've seen Halo Infinite, but I also think people waiting, you know, if 10% of the people who would buy Horizon Forbidden West wait, that's, you know, what, let's say 1.2 million sales. Is that, that maybe that's not, maybe that's a drop in the bucket, but it's also inherently devaluing the games just by people waiting to see if they can get it for $17.99 a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure, but then eventually that means people who were going to wait and potentially would have waited anyway are still going to get it, and then people who may not have played it at all might play it and then have a higher chance of... uh, One of the things I think that works about this particular viewpoint of it is that if you add the game later, one year, let's call it, Returnal is one year, uh, a little more than one year by the time the service actually hits. Um, If you look at it that sense, if someone plays Horizon Forbidden West a year after right hits the service then whatever horizon three ends up being if they fall in love with that game series because of this service at 17.99 a month a the game still got played and sony still got your money even if less and then you have a chance of being like i love that game so much i want to buy the third one day one when you might have previously not been a customer at all for that game and so the the cycle of that business model makes more sense to me at an easy level. I think it's more palatable than looking at we put every single game on there and every single game from day one is available for this very cheap price point. And I think what he says is a really good way of looking at the way Microsoft does it. And it doesn't mean it's inherently bad, but what he's saying is that the vocal part of the PlayStation fan base would not like the quality drop that would happen because of how their investment would have to change to facilitate that business model. Because unlike Microsoft, they are not an endless well of cash. And to be able to support this business model, they would have to give less money to these developers, probably be more strict on their deadlines and release games that aren't necessarily as high quality as they might have been. Clearly Horizon uh, Forbidden West released with issues. So it's not like they're immune from it. Um, But as you said, a game we both loved, Halo Infinite, we've seen. (laughs) And and the business model didn't help it. We can't say it's exclusively to blame for it. Yeah. But it feels a little bit like where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. And so I think that he words this in a really smart way of setting it up with this idea of we have a cycle with the studios that we can allow them because of the way we monetize them. And then for people who are not going to buy them within that first year because they don't want to have that FOMO, right? For those people that don't worry about FOMO anyway, we'll still eventually get their money down the line elsewhere. True. 
That's fair. That's a, that's definitely a fair point. But we'll see. One of the things I thought was most interesting about this is, and I think it's right, cover your own ass, right? He says, the quote, the way the world is changing so very quickly at the moment, nothing is forever, end quote. Beginning next quote, who would have said even four years ago that you would see AAA PlayStation IPs being published on PC? We started the last year with Horizon Zero Dawn, then Days Gone, and now God of War, a hugely polished and accomplished PC version of that game. We've had great critical success and commercial success, and everybody has made their peace with that happening and is completely at ease with it. I look back four years and think nobody would have seen that coming. So I don't want to cast anything in stone at this stage. All I'm talking today is the approach we're taking in the short term. The way our publishing model works now, it doesn't make any sense. But things can change very quickly in this this industry, as we all know. He left it open to where if they ever decide that that they would lose enough of their fan base, should they not give in to day one uh, first-party games, that they could then swing their business model that direction. Well, I'm also fairly positive that he's leaving it open so that when Last of Us Factions is a day one PS Plus premium game, he doesn't look like he lied. (laughs) It's true. And it depends, right? He never really goes through and clarifies, but I think he really is talking about their their triple A level single player games that PlayStation is known for. I would almost argue that a game like The Last of Us Factions being day one on that service would make significantly more sense. It's an inherently online title. Exactly. It requires PS Plus to play. It gives a much easier window for everyone to get in and make this game a huge success and potentially have an apex like thing to where there's not, you don't buy the game necessarily. Maybe you still can, but you can get in for essentially no extra cost from what you were already buying. And if you can work that out, you can have potentially a very huge game. All right, Brett, I'm going to gut check you. April 2023 comes around. We're all getting excited for the new release of MLB 23, the show. Is it on PlayStation Premium? They have to, right? I don't know. I've I've actually been thinking about this since MLB rolled around and is yet again on Game Pass. Uh huh. They have. To. I don't know. I feel like they gotta. They have to do it. What I'm curious about, genuinely curious about, Sony is the publisher for MLB The Show. Yeah. Do they not have, as the publisher of this game, do they not have the ability to say, we are publishing this game, we have agreed to not lose the licensing deal that we will allow this game, we will publish this game on other platforms so that there's no monopoly necessarily or whatever you want to call it. I don't understand why Sony either is allowing and saying, you're going to throw us a bunch of money, fine, we'll give it to you Game Pass Day 1, or why they can't refuse that. It's a very big question to me. I don't know enough about licenses, definitely for something like sports leagues, and that's a name license more than I think it is anything. I don't, I don't know if, if you couldn't have the teams in there if you don't have the MLB's blessing. That I don't know correct. enough about that. You could not. Um, the, the reason I say that is, and maybe it's different because soccer is such a larger sport, is that FIFA and whatever the hell the new version of Konami is, not PES, I don't know what it's called anymore. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's soccer or something. <laughs> soccer. <laughs> soccer, F2P. <laughs> Either way, I know that EA is kicking around the idea of dropping the FIFA branding to the curb because they don't need it. Mm-hmm. Is what they're club. acting like. So in that sense, 
I'm very curious as to why Sony couldn't have just said no. Well, or if they were given that opportunity and just said, yeah, we'll take $20 million from Microsoft. I don't know. I, I th- because well, I think- to, your, to your point, I think allowing your own published game to be put on someone else's platform day and day on their subscription service, but nothing similar on your own is devaluing your own game on your own platform. Exactly. Well, I don't know. <sighs> because that question has always been something I've thought about. Like... The MLB came and tried to strong arm Sony. And if I was Sony, I would have been like, okay, then you don't get an MLB game. Make it yourself. We saw how RBI baseball turned out. Good luck. That's what I'm surprised about. Like, yeah, maybe they would have made their own, but it wouldn't have been as good. Yeah. I don't know. Do you ever wonder if the answer is that Sony wouldn't know what to do with San San Diego Studio otherwise? Probably. That's probably exactly what it is. Sony's like, they're a sports developer. They've always been a sports developer. Then they would have to try and go out and find some other license that they can get exclusively. Okay, let me... All right, hear me out. Hear me out. They go buy NCAA? No. Well, yeah, but hear me out. Before EA got back in the pants, yeah. PlayStation All-Stars Baseball. I mean, you definitely could. That would be sick. Like, give me like four teams. Kratos slinging. Hell yeah. <laughs> Kratos, Kratos hitting like. Pitcher. Is it going to be stages that are uh, decorated in the same way where you. I, I'm going to take them back up. One of the actual ideas that I thought was really, really freaking cool about PlayStation All Stars was the fact that all levels were two levels. Yeah. Breaking into each other. Mm. I thought that, that was such a, cr- a cool idea that Smash has not done that I'm aware of. Uh, after even though i think it's a great idea well just think, it seems like such easy hanging fruit to steal to just be like yeah dude let's just have our if the whole thing is that these worlds are somewhat colliding and these people are colliding doesn't it make sense that the levels would be like encroaching upon each other and mm-hmm. be evolving and moving amongst that's a cool idea right. would you do that with the baseball stadiums would it be like a no, stadium just, where like the elevation would, changes and stuff or would you, would you try and keep it far more simple i would keep it simple but i would just be like okay this one takes this. This stadium is in Last of Us Two, Seattle, and this stadium is in Hades. That, that, that'd be really cool. It's like really and, broken down. Yeah, like this yeah. stadium is in Numeray, or and this stadium is in I don't know Liberty City, you know, or whatever it is. And this stadium is in the boat in the middle of the sea where you have your illegal black site of military operatives that you've kidnapped, you know, like all this kind of stuff. Like there's a lot of there would be a lot of cool stuff to do. I just don't understand why Sony was like, we're not doing that. And if you don't, if it, you, you can take the license, no one else is going to, cause let's, okay. Like that's a, that's a, that would be a strong. Do you think play. Microsoft would have, if, if Sony would have let the license go, do you think that Microsoft would have tried buying it and making it? Yeah, probably. But then you'd run into the same situation where it's almost a, it's almost a win-win for Sony. They don't have to spend the money developing it. And Microsoft gets told your game has to come to all platforms. They don't lose the the, the baseball game. <laughs> That's true. You know, I think one of the things that Sony has done really smartly with MLB at a point in time where I remember when MLB, the show, existed alongside 2K uh, mm-hmm. MLB yep. uh, or whatever it was called, uh, 2K Baseball, I think is what it was actually called. Um, but the point being is that even when there were multiple uh, high-level AAA sports games, 
The show was the only one that survived. Mm. And I think what kind of happened as a result is that people started to expect the show's features as part of the thing. And if Sony were to be like, fine, we're not going to make it and then hand it off to another developer, I think that at least the first year, maybe even two years, even if it was a well-made game, I think people would be mad. They're like, why isn't something like Diamond Dynasty in here? Why isn't this in here? Why isn't this? And it would just be compared to death. Well, and it gets to the point where it would take three to f- three years minimum to even get a new get one off out. The ground. Right. So the MLB is willing to lose all that revenue for three years. And then, you know, three years, like it's probably not enough time to make a good, com- a good one in comparison to MLB, which has been around since the aughts and has that MLB much iteration done. Like MLB, the show is still developed in a one year period. Is it not? Yeah, or is but, it? Do they bounce between teams? This no, is a genuine curiosity. It's I don't a know. one. It's a one year thing, but they Turn iterate on on the old game every time. So what I all I was trying to say, and I don't know if I was clear, you have to build that, a foundation. To exactly, you have to you have to build the game before, and that would take a couple of years. Maybe eventually they start cranking out to one a year or whatever it is, but you wouldn't catch that cadence for five years at minimum. And then realistically, you'd you'd probably need it to be longer than that, or or you end up in a situation where like the WWE licenses, where all the games are crap because they keep trying to it keeps switching to uh, publishers and they have to make it from strats from scratch, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's a really interesting standpoint, but it'll be curious to see if next year. MLB is on premium or not. If it's not, I would be blown away. I could see the argument of, some, of, of, of Jim Ron being like, it's, the game is already made with this in mind, with, it, with the fact that, it, that we know that whether or not it's up to them or not, it's going to Game Pass day one. Unless, what if Microsoft doesn't continue that? <laughs> you know? They will. What if that's just... I'm sure they will too. There's no but chance I, I don't they know. won't continue that. Because is, that have you actually seen the player? This is a genuine curiosity I was having. What is the player base split been? Do you feel like my Xbox thought they needed to do that because it'd be the first time on the system and it would be a way to get more Xbox players put into that world initially? Or do you think that it still would have sold just as well on Xbox because Xbox has been hungering for a baseball game? Or... Is MLB the show such the only baseball game that if you wanted a baseball game, you had a PlayStation? Yeah, it's the second one, I think. Okay. And all these new players are really people who are, they're not necessarily hardcore into the idea, but they're willing to try it for free. Yeah. I mean, like my brother only bought an Xbox because um, MLB was coming to Xbox. He was like, all my friends have Xbox, but I want to play MLB. I'm not buying one. And I was like, well, it's coming to Xbox this last year so he bought it there you know and my brother is like me my brother spent the hundred bucks on the special edition so he could get it early and get the cards and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's still so it's still selling at least one dude on xbox so (laughs) (laughs) something somewhere uh uh, has the game is the game gonna hit nintendo yeah it's on switch this year Uh, this year it wasn't last year right no i gotta find my switch so i can buy it so you can play it on the go Exactly. I want to cross and get my diamond bus, dynasty. Though. You know going. what I mean? Exactly. Is it cross progression? Yeah. Good. <laughs> but it's missing a bunch of features. So switch, switch tax, baby. Yeah, that's interesting. Because you know, one of the one of the great things about PS Vita was that for every year that they were actually making the Vita show releases, they were feature to feature bar yeah. like 
I, Andrew, my buddy who buys them all, I would see him playing it on Vita. And of course I had no interest in it, but I was like, damn, that looks really good. <laughs> like that. I'm really surprised that this game is I was up reading, to this level um, on the Vita. I was reading, you know, secondhand anecdotal stuff, but I was reading that the Vita versions look better than the Switch versions. Oh, that's interesting. So take it for what you will. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about today, Chris? Uh, I'm good. See Morbius yet? I haven't seen Morbius yet. I think I might go see it tomorrow. Yeah, I might go see it tomorrow too. That movie looks bad. I have. I don't even know what to think of it. <laughs> if I'm being you, really dead you, honest, have you I don't read, know what to think. Have of you read any of the reviews? Because the reviews are nope. blowing me away, dude. Oh, it's not a spoiler, but they're talking about how everything in the trailer is a straight up lie to manipulate you to go see that movie. Every that's, Spider-Man reference isn't in the movie. That's a a, a wild wild decision. It's, I think it's actually brilliant. It's the multiverse. Nobody, nobody would have saw that garbage. <laughs> the trailer the was Spider-Man for the stuff. the trailer was for the other universes version of Morbius. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's we the were thing. just seeing the that's, seeing it go away. That's the thing with this movie is I would have had no interest if there wasn't Spider Man stuff teased. And the only reason I was going to see this movie was to see the resolution where of that Michael Spider-Man Keaton's stuff. came in. <laughs> He's not even in the movie. <laughs> He's not in the you movie. Have, it's insane. What's more weird is why film that, but then not put it in the movie? <laughs> like, well, it's in the movie, well, but it's not in the main portion of the movie, if that makes sense. It's, it's post-credits. It's a post-credits. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's like, what do you do? Like the Spider-Man murderer picture isn't there. The Oscorp building's not there. None of it. All deleted. Only to manipulate you into being interested in a garbage Jared Leto movie. <sighs> we'll see how it ends up. I'm going to see it because I, it's, I'm seeing it for free. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to see it because it. I have to see it. I have, I have to, to know. know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but who knows? I might go see Dog instead. That movie looks All really right. good. Dog. That's the one with Channing oh, Tatum. Oh, yeah. With Ch- yeah, Tatum. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> Channing Tatum. Uh, Chris, Community's yeah. Take. I think this one makes sense to be what Morbius. is your unfiltered take? On the new PS Plus tier uh, tier setup, right? We could do that, or we could do what is you your unfiltered take on Morbius? <laughs> it's a dual communities take. Yes, dual communities take. Let's talk about. If you Morbius. watch Morbius, please give us your breakdown yeah. of your unfiltered opinion. Uh, and if you, and just, you know what, don't even wait for the post. Just feel free to find somewhere. Join, hey, join the Discord and go into the movies discussion and tell us how bad it is there. Yeah. No, nah, we'll see. Here's the thing. I don't hope it's a bad movie. I do. Not because my, here's I... My, okay, let me back up. My my hope for it is that regardless of its quality, it's fun enough to watch like Venom and Venom 2 are. Right. I would <laughs> never look someone in the eye and call Venom 1 or Venom 2 great movies, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed watching them. Yeah, it was. I remember I tweeted the other day. There was this guy who did a thing. It was like, "What's the worst superhero movie?" And they had Venom in there. And I was like, "Or what's the best bad superhero movie?" And they had Venom in there. And I was kind of like, "I guess Venom." But this is like being like, "Who's the biggest villain in the MCU?" And then you put the Punisher. It's like <laughs> maybe in like some iteration he's a villain, but he's not really. Like Venom, Venom's the Venom movies are not bad. 
The Venom movies are fun. They're bad. They are bad. I was but saying, they're great. They're to watch. fun. They're yeah. entertaining. You like, watch them and let me be Carnage like, yeah, was a great time. Yeah, great time. No, Ninety minutes on the dot. Perfect movie. Tom got Hardy in, got talking out, to himself. Knew what to do. <laughs> Venom yeah. doing karaoke and eating people for no reason. It's a perfect. It is borderline Twilight level good. And Twilight yeah, is a top tier. Like it's ridiculous, but I had a great time watching it. You know, yeah. and and I think most of the effects work in those are pretty good. Surprisingly, yeah. And I'm just saying, um, like the MCU, my hope is that Morbius is that. If Morbius can be something that I don't leave going, wow, that's a great movie, which I don't expect at all, but mm-hmm. I can leave going, I had a fun time watching that, then I'm happy. If I leave and I am kind of like I was, I don't want to say because I, I don't be too hard. Uncharted was kind of like a, I'm not sure why I watched this. Like, it wasn't bad at all. I really liked that movie. (laughs) But I didn't think it was good either. And I was surprised that I was bored because I thought, much like you, worst case scenario, Uncharted will just be fun. And then whenever I was actively bored, I said, this is not good that I am actively bored in a movie that I I, thought nothing else would be fun. I really don't see why you didn't like it as much as you did. I thought that movie was entertaining through and through. I would go watch a sequel. If that helps, could <laughs> go through there. But yeah, we'll see how it ends up going. Uh, Chris, if you do w- go watch Morbius tomorrow, enjoy it. <laughs> it's the best I can give you. I'll certainly give that a try. No problem. Also, while we're talking about bad uh, super- superhero movies, everyone needs to remember that Ben Affleck's Daredevil exists. It does, but Ben Affleck's Batman also exists. So I feel like it kind of cancels each other out. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, but more importantly, if we're really going to get into the thick of it, Electra exists. <laughs> oh yeah, Electra's and, bad. And and Catwoman exists. Catwoman. And don't be wrong. I don't. My 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 mean here is not to just pick two female led superhero movies and call them bad because they're females. That's not the case. They're bad movies that sadly just happen to include females. <laughs> Dude, Halle Berry's Catwoman is one of the stupidest movies I have ever seen. Yeah, but it does but have a pretty good only- basketball scene. Oh my god, all those cuts. I will tell you though, if they would have made an entire movie of the Catwoman from Batman um, Forever, I think. For no, it's not oh, is it Forever? It's Keaton's bat it's uh Michelle. Yeah, you're right. You're it is. About. Dude, that that is so dumb that if mm-hmm. they would have stretched that out into an entire movie, so you yeah. fall out a window and get licked by a bunch of cats. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that the new Batman was a little bit more campy with Catwoman. I really like that she was badass just because I get tired of seeing her be so dumb. I'm not and saying she can't know, be badass. Be fair, you, did have, you did have Anne Hathaway, who was a perfectly fine Catwoman, but she had to deal with Kristen Bell yelling at her like a maniac to where you can't even understand this man. So, you know. Christian is Bale is a bad Batman. Sorry to break it to you. The love affair with Dark Knight needs to end. It is an Here's all right movie. I, as I told someone the other day, objectively, in terms of being Batman, being Bruce Wayne, and everything about it, I think Batman Begins is the best one of the three. Yes. <laughs> but The Dark Knight, despite how bad I think Christian Bell's Batman is in that movie, is carried by far more interesting people elsewhere, is is the savior. That's what sure. it is. I think I know that that's a hot take. I'm probably just... 80% just of that movie spewed sucks. all over the screen yelling at me. And look, the thing is, I enjoy The Dark Knight. I'd go watch it right now. I still stand by Christian Bell's Batman getting objectively worse with each movie. Yeah. 
The Joker is the best part of the Dark Knight, and the Joker is only in 20 minutes of that movie. So you cannot call a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour, right? That, movie, that movie's long. We're only 20 minutes of it is good, a good movie. At least not a classic top five all time. No, get out of here. That movie is a six at best with 10 out of 10 moments. It's been very interesting seeing people call the new Batman, not a lot of people, but call the new Batman bad because it's not enough like Christian Bell's Batman. And that's dumb because ben, or Robert Pattinson's Batman is actually close to Batman. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting standpoint. But guess what? If you want to share your opinions with Batman with us and go hop in the Discord, go to Movies Discussion, yell at us about our Batman takes, give your own bad Batman takes, our great ones, who knows? There remains to be seen. Anyway, you can always join us, like I said, over on Twitter at TriangleSQRD, where we ask the community's take question every week and get you guys to respond on it so that you can be part of the show. Uh, you can go over to Facebook. Like I said earlier, Facebook uh, group is Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast. You can go and join the Discord. Again, links in the description below. And lastly, a big shout out to all of our patrons who we love so much who make this show possible without digging into our own pocket. And those people went over to patreon.com slash nartech and gave as little as a dollar per month to make that happen. That's pretty dang cool. Hey, Brian, if you're listening hey, to this show, I don't know who you are, Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, I see you become you, a patron. Did you know that? Yeah. What's hey, up? if you're listening to this show on a podcast service that has uh, reviews, you can review our show and let people know if it's worth it. Oh, you can tell them that we wouldn't shut up. But guess what, guys? You decided to plug reviews and ratings on the episode we shit on the Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, smart. We got, we got spicy in here. But guess what? We have a new patron this week, and his name is, is Bruce Wayne. Sixty Nine. <laughs> uh, so thank you for being a new patron. We appreciate it greatly. Uh, then we also have the Lord Corgi, Salvador Garcia, Hamadagger, Bailey Robertson, Rob Warpoint, Mark Schutz, Cypher Primus, Jason Clendenning, Kyle Grimm, Rude Days 93, Joshua Lago, Kevin Bacon Bits, Luke Rabbit, Danny Villiobos, Solitary Red, Jehudi MD, Sean, Josh Ayers, Derek Porter, Constantly Kenny, Matthew Green, Sean Santarude, Salazar, Shadowist, and my name is Dan. Thank all of you, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>